Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Odin's movie blog. I am the critic who is a cynic, hoping well, and today is a special day indeed. Not only is it episode 152 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, but it is yet another edition of The Chosen of Valhalla. We'll be talking about movies, television, pop culture, just catching up with what's been going on over the last month. We've had yet another month in quarantine, and dear Lord, I know that all of us are starting to really feel it, uh, especially if we're in a certain state uh, with a lot of lockdowns and a lot of crazy governors and mayors and things like that. I know that I've had my own experiences with my mayor here in Chattanooga, and I know that there are a plethora of other places that have also, especially in California. Um, so we'll, we'll talk to we'll talk to Laura a little bit about her experience going on uh, with, oh, Lord, with, with, right. with that governor over there and all the craziness going on. But let's go ahead and introduce everybody uh, because we've got some old faces. We've got some new faces that are not so new, but everyone is awesome. So let's start off with someone that I've got some beef with. You know her. <laughs> you love her. She streamed against me last night. Her Alan, name dude, is she her name is Rosetta. Oh. Alan! Rosetta, how's it going? Oh, tired, tired. To be fair, I even realized... <laughs> I literally just had it auto-fill in a day of the week from the <laughs> just streamed, and I didn't even know what day it was. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, who's streaming right now? And then everyone's like outing everybody saying, oh, John Talks is live right now. Oh, and who narked on me because, you know, stitches for stitches, you know? I will never tell because, one, I wouldn't do that. And two, Slicer. and two, I honestly don't remember. Was it Slicer? <laughs> No, that comment that just popped up in chat. Oh, Slicer said something? Rosetta yeah. went off reservation. Ooh, Slicer, that is offensive. How dare you? <laughs> Slicer, there is a new thing that I've created just for Rosetta being on here. Now, sadly, the Chosen will not be able to see it because we're on a Hangouts call that's separate from it. But if they're watching the stream live, they'll see it. I've, I've added this on. Anytime someone decides to go live up against me, anytime someone tries to cross me, I'm going to be playing this thing right here declare you excommunicado <laughs> all right so maybe you saw it maybe you didn't see it but it's a clip from john wick of him saying you have been declared excommunicado <laughs> and uh i'm very happy to have that now luckily i don't have it on loop though so don't worry i'm not gonna have this thing going off every five I'm seconds sorry. i'm really sorry i'm sorry i'm playing the i'm sorry clip I'm really sorry that i left I'm on sorry. that one time <laughs> I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. How much crap did I give you about that? I remember going back and seeing it too, and I'm like, dear lord, this is crazy. I know I, I know I streamed at the same time. I know I'm going to take crap, and considering how long I helped you torture Josiah, I'm going to accept it. <laughs> and I love how everyone, Slice was like, as soon as I saw that, I thought about Josiah. I'm like, yeah, because he is still excommunicado. But anyway, Rosetta, glad to have you back. Uh, she had to miss, what, the last one or two streams because of a lot of stuff going on. So I'm glad that things are, are better, right? For the most part? Yeah, I think I made it to the one before the last. I've been kind of in and out with them. But mm -hmm. yeah, and I'm actually really glad you did this a week earlier than the last Sunday because I have to travel next Sunday to go to Kansas City to do stuff with my husband and... Chris from Real Review and stuff for our anniversary weekend. So cool. All right. Very cool. I, this, is, this is much easier for me. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. So thank you for joining us once again. It's glad, glad to have you back. And someone else that's coming back. She She's awesome. Her pronouns are modern major general. She is the wonderful, the beautiful Laura. Laura, how's it going? Hello. Hello. 
Glad to be back. I guess I am an old face considering I just turned 50. <laughs> and oh, happy birthday happy once birthday. again. Yeah. yeah. It was quite a quite a party. <laughs> Inside with my immediate family. So. Oh. Were, were you hoping that you could have gone out instead or, or are you normally someone that likes to celebrate things in a quiet, you know, smaller time? Oh, we had had stuff planned, yeah. Oh. That did not come about. But it's okay. We're safe. We're all all of our birthdays are in May and April, so we're saving up and going to have one big, one big party when it's all, if it is ever over. <laughs> and I'm hoping it is. I mean, 2021 hopefully is a rocking year after what 2020 has been so far. Uh, oh, yeah. At least we usually have a birthday party. With mine right after Christmas, nobody ever notices it. Yeah, I'm a person oh, where... That sucks. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a big birthday person, personally. I, I'm that mindset of, oh, it's just another year. It's just a day. And if people want to give me stuff, okay, but I'm not going to ask for anything. <laughs> I'm the worst person when it comes to that. My parents are always like, what do you want? I'm like, I, nothing. And then they give me money, and I'm like, I'll take it, but you don't have to, you don't have to do anything. I'm not going to be offended if you don't give me anything. <laughs> but Laura, happy yep. 5-0. Oh, and uh, yeah, so things have been crazy in California, huh? Oh, my Lord. Yeah, it's just, I think the hard part is it's like there's no end date in sight. We had assumed it would be at the end of may mm-hmm. um but the health uh health nazi guru person came out and said that oh you know don't don't plan on things going back to normal anytime soon yeah and oh, i was wow. just like oh god please <laughs> <laughs> i know i feel like every report that i read always always it's pushing it another month and then another month and it's like california yeah. is such a large state i cannot see how it's possible for any governor to say, oh, this is going to apply to everybody. Like, there, there, are, thing, yeah. there definitely have to be areas that are not that affected by it, right? Well, yeah, that's the thing that's so hilarious. It's like a bunch of counties, like, went rogue. They were like, you know, screw you. What are you going to do to us? <laughs> and then um, if you go up towards uh, where Nevada is, the Nevada-California line, mm-hmm. if you're on the California side, if you go up and get a rental cabin, they'll give you a $1,000 fine for traveling during the uh, – <gasps> pandemic wow but if you go like 10 feet across the border to nevada like the casinos are opening (laughs) (laughs) oh man well i know where a lot of californians are going to be going (laughs) oh my god yeah the indian casinos too are are open up the ones in the reservation Mm. land they were just like you know what um this we've done this long enough okay we'll just yeah and i think a lot of people are starting to feel that way where it's like okay we did it. We, we we did everything that we could to try and curb everything, but now it's starting to get a little bit a little bit too much. And and as someone said in the you know Larry Larry said in the chat, you know governors do love power, especially depending on the state. So oh yeah, you know I was really conflicted on one because going back to South Dakota and the stuff going on there, um, I don't agree with how much they've been locking down the reservations. Mm-hmm. However, the governor decided to try to tell them that they have to allow people onto the res. And it's like, that's a sovereign nation. You don't have a freaking legal leg to stand on. She's trying to say because you share highways. I can tell you this. It's like, yeah, that's like saying countries between France and Italy can be dictated by France mm-hmm. on their highways. No, they, no, you can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's actually something that I was going to ask was, you know, how does it work? on the reservation, you know, was it the leaders of the tribes that made those decisions or did yeah. governors try, and obviously you mentioned a governor tried to do something to force them, but ultimately is it up to those leaders? Well, what was going on there is that they closed down the highways because they're having problems with it. And there's only one hospital on the entire res mm. and 
it's a really bad hospital that doesn't have anything in it anyways. And so they were saying, no, we're not going to run the risk of it getting on the res and not having the resources. So no, nobody's coming in unless they have a reason to be on the res and verification of it, which I still have some problems with them shutting down access to and from the res, Mm -hmm. especially with the history of that being done. But I have more problems with somebody that works in the state thinking they have a right to dictate what a sovereign nation can do. Yeah. And I imagine that a lot of people, you know, both on the res and also off the res, too, I know myself included, would say, yeah, no, you need to respect them for the laws and for what has already been established. And you can't just now, during a time of, you know, pandemic, decide, oh, we can just change the rules now. And I think a lot of governors are kind of falling into that, where it's like, oh, who cares about law and order? Who cares about the Constitution? Who cares about any of these things? Because now it's this extreme circumstance. And my concern is, and I think a lot of us here are going to be concerned about it, is what happens next bad flu season? You know, do governors try and now use this as a precedent to say, oh, we're going to implement these measures every flu season or during this specific time of the year or something to that effect. And, and what kind of impact is that going to have on industry and business? And, you know, immune compromised, immunization yeah. injured. And I don't support shutting down the economy here, people, yeah. Yeah. because I can keep do things to keep myself away from people. You shut down the economy, you're going to cause so much damage to the country for decades that it's going to kill millions. Mm-hmm. Amen yeah. to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And now it's so funny and interesting because now you have the biggest doctors. You know, I think everyone's been loving Dr. Fauci. And I think that uh, one, I like the way he speaks. So I, I do say that I, I'm kind of a fan of him in that way where it's like, I just like hearing him talk. Like, I don't really care about what he's saying. I just want to hear the guy talk. He's so small and just has this like great voice about him. Sounds like he's from New York or something. And uh, even he's now saying that these long term shutdowns have been very bad for the economy and that looking back on it, maybe we should not have gone so far. So it's interesting now that again, hindsight's 2020, as they say. And I imagine that in 2021, especially we'll be all looking back on these impacts and we'll actually have data and numbers to look at to say, did it actually do anything effective? Did it actually change anything? And it's going to be interesting to see because we already know YouTube is shutting down channels and shutting down videos that go against the narrative. And so it'll be interesting to see once more information comes out, will they and other giant tech companies try and control the message and control the narrative? So, and as uh, Laura was saying in the chat, I just saw that. And apparently in LA, the one the LA mayor is a nut, you say. And then also he, apparently in LA County, you have to wear a mask outside. So can you get arrested or fined if you don't wear a mask? Yes. Wow. Yes. Um, but at my wife's emergency room, uh, the director of the emergency room came out and talk to the press and mm-hmm. said something needs to happen because we're seeing a year's worth of suicides in, in the last couple mo- weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, see that. My, this might be violating HIPAA. I'm not even sure, but my wife yeah. came home just distraught the other morning. She had five suicides that night. Oh my goodness. Oh, frick. So they're all, you know, a lot of the nurses and the, the head of the uh, emergency rooms are, they're reaching out to the press, you yeah. know, letting them know these aren't, these aren't, people who just have committed suicide these are people who are were already in you know a desperate situation and they can't access the doctors mm-hmm. or you know mm-hmm. just the stress of being out of work is enough to tip a lot of these people over the edge yeah so um well it's also it's, I, I, it's yeah it's and, horrible. and i'm hoping that this kind of puts more light onto mental health, especially because there's always been misunderstandings about it. You know, people think, oh, it just randomly happens. It's like, no, normally it's a it's a period of time and these emotions build up. And, you know, obviously there are, you know, there's a sense of it being this uh, 
I forget the exact wording for it, but obviously a chemical imbalance, which is something that's beyond their control. And so it's something that I think hopefully gets more attention. And as a teacher, you know, all of us in the, in the schools, especially for high school students, have seen an influx in anxiety cases, an influx in depression cases, et cetera. And I, I can totally see under, and understand why. You know, when you have kids that are so used to social interactions on a day-to-day basis and you live in a state or a city where they're being told not only can you not go to school and see your friends, but you also can't leave your house to go hang out with them. And you lose that sense of social interaction. And basically, where are they left? Online. And as we all know, online can be so toxic and just the other day, there was a, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big wrestling fan. There was a wrestler who got, who was a victim of cancel culture. Like she said something on a television show. Uh, it was a Japanese wrestler and she got bullied and she ended up taking her own life uh, a few days ago. So like, that's the kind of stuff that we are pushing our kids towards is isolation and online environments. And we all know, you know, there, there are very few great online environments like we have here, but there also are a lot of toxic environments too. I mean, we all know Twitter. Twitter is a cesspool of, yes. of information, and that's why many of us have either left Twitter on occasion or limited Twitter interactions on occasion because it's it's just ridiculous. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping and praying that we get more, you know, yeah, you may have saved a bunch of people from getting the, the CV, but how many more people did you push towards taking their own life or how many more people got sick from other things. And that's the thing. I think a lot of people forget is when you're dealing with this stuff with the, Hey, teenagers are not hormonally stable. Anyways, none of them are. It's yeah. called adolescence and all that. You're changing biologically constantly. So you're not stable anyways. Yeah. The issues of mental illnesses where your body does not balance your hormones and stuff like that, right. Are higher now than they've ever been. And now you're taking these people who are in this kind of situation and cramming them all, locking them into homes like a prison. And a lot of them are in abusive or neglectful homes. Mm -hmm. You add that with it. And you got a kid with mental illness going through abuse and not able to get out. Yeah. It doesn't take much for him to want feel hopeless. No, it doesn't. And, and thank you, JKD Buck. Uh, Hana Kimura was, was the wrestler's name, and she was only 22 years old. So, again, just it's it's terrible with what we're seeing with all of this. And, and yeah, uh, Larry Larry points out YouTube is also removing videos of doctors that are going against the narrative. You know, and it's not even that they're saying go out and and do all these crazy things. They're just saying, hey, here's the data that we have. Let's talk about, you know, what it actually means and, and what that's actually going to end up leading to. But obviously we could talk about this, you know, for for a long time. But let me go ahead and uh, uh, go ahead and introduce the other two people we have on the panel. So let's start off with uh, someone who is awesome. He's a he's a bit quiet sometimes, but I always love seeing that horse face pop up uh, every single time uh, he talks. Mr. Roy, how is it going, sir? Uh, it's going pretty good. Now, I've always wanted to ask, what show is that from? Is that Family Guy or? Yeah, it's uh, Family Guy. It's the um, okay. It's an episode where Peter buys a retarded horse. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh, of course. <laughs> Man, Family Guy is a show that I got into for a while, and then I feel like Seth MacFarlane kind of went through this phase where he was being more political in his episodes, and it was more, like, left-leaning, but I've heard that he's actually become more, like, centrist, and, like, has just started to go after everything, and that's what I like. That's why I love things like South Park. You know, they're not Republican or Democrat. They go after both sides, and it's, it's fantastic. So I'm glad to hear that, you know, Family Guy, have you been keeping up with Family Guy? No, nah, for that very reason. Once oh, it got okay. way too left when it's, with this politics, I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm just going back out of this. Yeah. Yeah, but, but, yeah I mean, it, it didn't sound that, I mean, 
it got kind of lazy with his jokes and, and mm-hmm. yeah, it just got not, I didn't want to waste my time with it anymore. Yeah. I just do love that you chose that photo uh, to be the avatar for Hangouts. <laughs> it just makes me laugh inside every single time I see it. So thank you for being here. You've been good. Everything's been fine during quarantine life. Yeah. Um, I'm down here in Texas. So, I mean, everything's oh. starting to open back. Land of freedom. Texas and Florida. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was actually able to go to a friend's house and watch that AEW pay-per-view. And, oh, uh, nice. How'd you like that yeah, stadium it, stampede match? Uh, it was okay. It, the <laughs> overall pay-per-view was kind of weird. Mm. <laughs> well, when you don't have, for those that are not wrestling fans, uh, you know, ever since lockdown has started, all the shows have been fanless. And so if you know anything about wrestling, like the fans are, are like the lifeblood of those shows like they keep everything kind of going they take on a life of their own depending on what city they're in and so yeah uh, watching all the live shows from either wwe or or aew have been kind of odd i will say this much i think aew has done the best job because what they've been doing is they've been more creative with it like having other wrestlers along the side having like different personalities pop up like the whole thing with uh, was it pineapple pete's Versus Chris Jericho was freaking hysterical. Like they've been kind of like embracing meme- like memes and memeology a little bit in their shows. And all I can say is this much: in the Stadium Stampede match they had last night, they had a wrestler riding on a horse in a football stadium, <laughs> chasing down another wrestler. I mean, <laughs> come on that that is entertainment. What that what is that is? Uh, I was not liking it at first, but it went so over the top. I started enjoying it. Yeah. It's just really <laughs> hilarious to watch. You get to a point where it's like, okay, you, you got to have fun with it. Let's just, you know, if we're going to pre-record this stuff anyway, let's be cinematic. Let's just make it. And like at one point, uh, apparently a, a wrestler gets locked into a freezer and the guy goes, this will help with your, uh, oh, what was the phrase he used? He's like, uh, this will help with your cramps. Like he just... <laughs> And it's this guy who his character, his whole personality is that he is a ancient spirit that has uh, taken over the body of a wrestler. And so <laughs> he has this whole thing where his compound has a lake of resurrection. And so there's this whole thing where every time he goes into the lake, he can come out as a new personality. And it's fantastic. So anyway, that guy was the one that was like, oh, I've helped you. And it's, ah, it's fantastic. And yeah, for everyone I, that thinks I'm a nerd, yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, I, I do prefer the AEW over the... I, I did watch, a, uh, I think it was Becky Lynch announcing that she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And there was no one in the audience. Yeah. And it's really quiet and awkward. And you can't watch it. It's really weird. Asuka <laughs> tries her best, too. Because Asuka is, a, is another Japanese wrestler. And she has become this giant troll personality. And so she's just like, oh, 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 you're pregnant, you're pregnant, you're pregnant. What? And she's like going crazy and she can't speak English very well either. And so she's speaking in Japanese and then English and she's just running around going crazy. And it's like with an audience, this would have worked. But when it's just her doing her darndest, it just it's very awkward, as you mentioned. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I can't watch it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't I don't blame you. (laughs) Well, thank you for being here once again, man. Uh, And I'm glad to hear things are going well in quarantine life. Yeah, I mean, um, they are going to. I talked to my company that I was working for, and they're going to rehire me probably in August when everything gets. Yeah. It's good to hear something, though, because a lot of uh, people haven't heard anything about what's going to happen. Yeah, it it was good hearing from them. I mean, I was starting to panic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't blame you, man. Uh, But thank you for being here. I'm so glad to hear that news, too. 
uh, the last person that we have before we get into what we've been watching and things like that uh, is the wonderful, the beautiful, one of my Valkyries. She is someone that is, at some point, going to start a YouTube channel because <laughs> because we demand it. It has to happen. Yeah, sure. yeah. And her first video is going to be about how she feels about Parasite. It is, of course, <laughs> Tina. Tina, how's it going? Tina, do you, Tina, do you, do you still hate Parasite, Tina? Let's just confirm. <laughs> Let's just confirm that. <laughs> oh my god! I don't hate it. I just dislike it. Oh come on! We all know. How you, but how, how how's it been going, Tina? I'm doing okay. Good. Glad to hear it. I'm doing okay. I'm sorry. I just had a mojito, so while I was listening, so got my ribs in the oven. And add to everybody in the United States. Uh, have a blessed, happy Memorial Day weekend. Stay safe. Hail everybody. I'm doing pretty good. Um, been catching up. We'll talk movies mm-hmm. later, but been catching up on my movies, catching up on my reading. Uh, Oh, they finally reopened uh, the salon I go to, but when I go to see them on Saturday, I can only get my color put in. Mm. They cannot apply any heat huh. to my hair, so I will go home wet, oh. and I was texting with my stylist, and she was like, yeah, I'll put all the products you know, in, in your hair before you leave. And I was like, I might as well go ahead and cancel July because everything I have set up for July is nothing but styles. And if they can't apply heat, I'm not going in just for them to, you know, shampoo and condition my hair. And I was like, I know men had to have done this because men do not understand the importance of a hair salon to we women. So <laughs> I don't really do all my stuff myself. <laughs> oh, so, and I miss my stylist. I, mm-hmm. uh, She's doing okay, but I mean, they're glad to have the salon reopened, but they were like, no hugs, no handshakes, uh, bring limited things to the salon, like mm-hmm. just your handbag. And I'm like, this is just, oh, and everybody's going to be wearing masks. And I'm like, okay, I'm trying to work out how am I going to wear a mask while they're applying hair, <laughs> applying my color. <laughs> it's like at some point they're going to get to the part where the mask is and... What do you do at that point, you know? (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, I... Oh, yeah. Good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, because I was thinking that. So, it's like, I'm glad things are kind of getting, you know, back to normal. But, um, I don't know. It's just crazy. I'm going to be really curious to see how the cruise industry will be when Mm. I go on my cruise in December. And then my Alaska cruise next year. And... I am already planning my 2022 cruises. Uh, a friend of mine is a travel agent is setting up a group for a Greek Island cruise. Oh, and that is on my bucket list. So I'm like, yeah, I'm there. I know it's two years <laughs> down the road, but I'm, you know, already thinking about it. So probably get some good um, rates on that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> and I'm kind of going to splurge and get a, a balcony yes. just because, you know, why not? And it's a smaller line. They only have mm. two ships. They're older ships. They just redid them. But I'm going to be interested in comparing the smaller, old, you know, smaller line mm-hmm. to like Norwegian Royal Carnival, the big, the big ones. Mm-hmm. 
So that that's about it. <laughs> nice. Very cool. That's exciting, though. I mean, especially because, you know, we're, we're pretty close. We're neighbors, you know, Kentucky and Tennessee. Yes. So, you know, yes. we, we have very similar, uh, I would say, things going on in our states with just, you know, very slow opening, a lot of restrictions on various things. You know, uh, for us, you know, mass is finally going to come back next weekend. And we have been told by our bishop that we have to wear a face mask to mass and social distance, yeah. which to me just makes no sense because it's like, wait a minute. I understand doing one or the other, but doing both, it's like, what is this like? It's like putting a piece of tape over a piece of tape. It's like, is it really doing much more than what, you know, I, it doesn't make any sense, but yeah. You know, so I mean, and with the mask, I mean, I kind of understand it, but it was like when I was working crime scenes, I rarely wore masks mm -hmm. because it's like whatever's in here, if we had a decomp, it was like whatever's in here, I'm going to be breathing it anyway. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, I think the whole mask thing is kind of a preventative thing. I understood it when we used to go to pathology and they would tell us to mask up because if they're, I'm not going to get too graphic, but like mm. if they're <laughs> cutting into certain things, that is spraying into the air. Yeah, you're gonna wear a full face mask because yeah. it just in case there's any kind of right. splash. Yeah. There is but one I, thing to this actually that I've found no because I've been finding stories showing that it's spreading more and spreading more intense and larger amounts with some of the mask wearers because they're not just wearing the masks. They're they pull them up to talk or they pull it down to eat or stuff in public and then they're breathing out even a higher concentration if they do have it. Right. I mean, I, constantly, so it's getting embedded there and they're breathing it through the mask even at that point. Mm -hmm. Or they're using these fabric ones that have no, nothing. They don't do anything. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's mainly to just make people feel comfortable. And I mean, if they're Absolutely. sneezing into their mask, if they're coughing into them, that's, that's fine. But yeah. if I have to wear one on a plane, I'll, I'll do it mm -hmm. because they're requesting it. But it was like, united was talking about oh we're gonna have social distancing on uh, our planes and then someone Not did a video showing every seat was packed including the middle seat so i was yeah. like well you know that's united also <laughs> to, to be fair i would love for them to do social distancing on planes that would be fan too. that would be fantastic in fact Me that should too. be if there's anything that there should be a standard for social distancing it should be planes i would be hey, totally absolutely. i would be totally down for that absolutely that's the reason why it's gotten to where i splurge and fly first class mm -hmm. because it's like well it gives me a little more space than when i'm flying economy stay on southwest mm -hmm. but yeah i i'm like when I saw people actually posting that, oh, I like sitting in the middle seat. I was like, you lie? <laughs> Nobody likes sitting in the middle seat. Come on. <laughs> For me, I would be okay in the middle seat if I was next to, like, my family. Because yeah. then it doesn't matter where I go. I can get in their space and it's it's going to be fine. But if I don't know the people, oh, that's the worst seat to be in. Because oh, literally, I'm like this. You know, I'm a bigger guy. So I'm like. Hmm. And then I, I try to put my elbow on it, but then they've taken it, and then I'm like, "Yeah, uh... yeah." I just have to point out your chat's trying to get me in trouble. Oh well, I, you know that's what else is new. I was told I should start a stream now just to see what you do. <laughs> that's oh, ex oh, you, you want to know what I do? You chat. You want to know what I do? This is what I do. You leave me no choice but to declare you excommunicated. Yes. <laughs> no, I just uh, I play the excommunicado clip again. Exactly. <laughs> 
Well, um, for all my other wide uh, situated people, uh, Southwest does have a, um, I think they call it the person of size program. Yeah, they do. You buy your ticket Mm -hmm. and then you you buy the seat next to you. So you buy two, but Mm. then when you get to your destination, they refund your money. Interesting. I like that. I like that because then you pay it up front, but then at least you get it back at the very end. That's nice. Yeah. And also you get more space. Yes. It works pretty good. If I'm yeah. not flying with somebody skinny, like, uh, you know, my daughter or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, cause even, even for me, it's like, I, I technically fit in the parameters, but not fully comfortably because I feel like the seats have just gotten worse and worse over the years because they're trying to put more and more people on, you know? Absolutely. And yeah. so it's like, and they're even doing it for like things like roller coasters now too, because I knew something was wrong with, with a coaster when I went to a theme park and I was told I was too big to ride on one because their back seats apparently are made for people that are half my size because that's what most people are or half my size um, actually if you actually research it they're saying the average (laughs) green seat now is actually less than 18 inches across total from armrest armrest that is less than the average hip size of a middle-aged woman yeah and it's and like we're not talking large women. We're yeah. talking normal, skinny built women. Yeah, average size. Sizes are usually larger across than that. Yeah, it's like if you're going to do it by any standard, obviously average would be the most fair. But I would say do it a little bit higher than the average because then you would have less problems overall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you get one less seat on a plane. But you know what? That's a good thing because as I said, if you're gonna social distance anything, make it be a plane. I don't want to be shoulder to shoulder with anybody. Nope. If I don't know. Nope. nope. I like my, spa- like my space. <laughs> that United flight that Tina was talking about, the guy who took the picture, he was like, we've just been like in New York City where doctors who were loaned to New York City to work in the hospitals and they had crammed them all in that place. Oh, no. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that picture. <laughs> oh, Here's a picture of all the doctors that are coming to help. Oh, yes. Two hours later, all of them have now been confirmed cases of beer bug. <laughs> it sounds like a movie somehow. You it know? does. It reminds me. I've been I've been on a kick today. Of y'all have seen like the curb your meme meme? Like it's it's basically they have a, a clip from something, and then all of a sudden they start playing the curb your enthusiasm music, and it's supposed oh. to be indicative of when someone makes a mistake. So there was there was uh, one person where like they were going off on this whole thing. About it was a it was a Jordan Peterson interview and someone was interviewing him trying to like get him on, you know, gender studies or uh, not gender studies, but like trying to get him on something uh, with, with trans rights and then saying, like, don't you think that they have a right uh, to be offended? And, you know, you know does, shouldn't that stop you from saying the things that you're saying? And then he came back and answered with, oh, well, you know, you know, technically speaking, I'm offended by the things you're saying to me right now. Shouldn't I be protected by that, too? And she couldn't respond. And so all of a sudden they start playing the music and it's like, oh, it's so perfect. <laughs> but but like I feel like what would be great is if like all of a sudden they have that picture of all the doctors on the plane. And then all of a sudden, like it just switched us to half of those people have COVID. And it's like, da, 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 da. Oh, because <laughs> that's a curb your enthusiasm moment right there. I would say. <laughs> well, Tina, it's great to have you and everyone back here. So let me go ahead and before we dive into what we've been watching and what's been keeping us entertained recently, uh, let me jump into the chat because we've had a lot of activity over here. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, let's see, we got Hypernex13, Venombroly93 is in the chat, Gloinda Hobbit is here, Larry Larry is here, Gigamus Prime, Bruce is in the chat, Soul Assassin here as well. Uh, Larry Larry says, don't wear a mask, screw the man. Hey, uh, I know that I very rarely wear a mask, to be perfectly honest. The only time that I do is when my wife requests it, because... Happy wife is a happy life. Uh, Laura Story yeah. says, I want to drink today, but I don't know. Hey, let it be Let it be a drinking day. Why not? And this is coming from the person that doesn't drink. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Let's just live. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Larry Larry says, we'll overthrow the dictator governors. Hmm. I'm not for violence, but if you mean by, like, protests, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Uh, Larry Larry says, YouTube is controlling the message. Yes, they are. No question. Uh, and apparently he says that they shut down Dave Cullen commuting forever. Do you mean they shut down one video or his whole channel? Because I know they shut down one video of his interview with a uh, was a doctor or a nurse that was going against the narrative. But I don't think they shut down his whole channel. Uh, Venom Broly 93, your micro is too loud by report by report to the others. Oh, so I'm too loud compared to the others. Is that what you're trying to say? Because I can fix that. All right, that should be a little bit better. I turned it down a little bit. Let me know if everything sounds fine. Uh, let us see. Who else we got? Uh, Jakey Buck is in the chat as well. Uh, Larry Larry says shut down his videos. Okay, I knew about that. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, Christina Nardon is in the chat. What's going on, Christina? I was a member on the channel. She says the same thing happened to the developer for Night in the Woods. I actually don't know that. I don't know that. Yeah. Uh, Rosetta Allen says, nope, it's just a huge triune of hardship. Ah, okay. Talking to someone else. Uh, it's hard to tell when I'm not, when people aren't tagging. Uh, Christina says, cancel culture is cancer. Yes, I, I agree with that. Uh, Christina says, a family guy went downhill after season four. Yeah, I haven't, I don't, I don't think I ever watched a full season because I would just watch it on when it eventually went on syndication. So it would be out of order anyway. Um, let's see. Rosetta makes a comment about South Park. Says, never got the appeal of South Park, but the voices trigger my migraines. Ah, that makes more sense. So I can't get the past headaches to hear the stories. Yeah, that is something that I think definitely because they're very high pitch and, and shrill. So I can see how that could easily impact a lot of people. Uh, but maybe, I wonder if there's a way to like alter the voices somewhat, a, a lower tone. I don't know. It's a funny show though. It's yes, great. It is. Uh, Sporky News Podcast. Uh, thank you for becoming a member at the Citizen of Asgard level. I appreciate that, Sporking News Podcast. You get the cute image of River being pet. Enjoy it. Embrace it. Love it. Uh, GMonkey76, stay out of Illinois. If we barbecue, they will arrest everyone if there is someone who doesn't live there. But the mayor of Chicago can get haircuts, and the governor's wife can fly to Florida. Oh, yeah. I mean, the double standard here has been so ridiculous. I think my favorites have been out of New York. Because I think it's the mayor of New York City was seen going to the gym. And that was after he had told people that they couldn't go to the gym. And so basically the minds, you know, basically uh, when he was called out for it, the person that was explaining it on his behalf said, well, you need to understand that the gym is a very important part of the mayor's life. And it's a <laughs> crucial. Act. And it's like, yeah, I'm sure it's not an important part of anyone else's life. But if the mayor needs it, God, yeah, politicians are so freaking ridiculous there are a lot of people who've been busted actually mm -hmm. the governor of virginia was on the boardwalk having a good time with no mask in his face and people our like, local um <laughs> states uh politician <clears throat> yeah the one that keeps um, attacking my husband in public threads oh no uh what? 
he has been attacking the other state politician trying to push her to do the full lockdown and all that. The thing is that he lives along my uh, route for my photography. Mm. So I see his house daily and I see the 10 to 30 cars there every day. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Hey, so, that might be a good, that I, I, I can see how that can make a good story for a local paper. Hey, you want to see a really interesting photo? Look at the social distancing going on here. Yeah, about time he started actually getting kind of threatening to my husband in public threads. I actually looked up where he lived so I wouldn't know if anything happened. Mm, yeah. That's a good, so good I can plan. file something against him if he did try something. Yeah, let's hope it doesn't get to that point, though, for sure. But this has been going on for a while. Yeah. My husband likes to argue with him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Rob D says they need to have a YouTuber wrestling tournament, Odin versus John Campia. Well. Oh, my God. It wouldn't be much of a fight. No, it can't be as total soy. Not, not so you know, toot my own horn, but I did train as a martial artist for several years. I could totally whoop Campia. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but oh, Campia will wear his Captain Maybell costume and think he has taken on her power. Oh. You know what? Actually, I think the Never first forget. I think the first round should be him and his wife because his wife would take him easily. <laughs> No question about it. No question. Isn't he married? I don't know. I think he is. Oh God! I think he makes her read her super chats or something like that. So, oh, oh my God, something like that. (laughs) I don't really follow him much these days because. (laughs) Holy crap, Slicer! Oh Lord, Slicer posted something ridiculous. Uh, Alice McCarthy says, "I can't stand Oscar. Literally, my least favorite wrestler." Hey, well, you know what? I think she's funny as a troll. So, uh, Christina says, Asuka is one of the few shining stars in the current WWE. Ah, some disagreement there. Uh, Larry Larry says, he's working full time. Glad to hear it. Um, let's see. Who else we have in here? Larry Larry says, barbershops are hotbeds of gossip. I bet they are. I bet hair salons are as well. Yes, they are. And Tina will never tell. Mm-mm. It's like no, the code. No, I've heard some stories. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> I say I, that's why Tina should write a book because I bet between law enforcement and the hair salon, I, I imagine that there are a plethora of stories to be told. And I'd have to change every, every person's name. name. Yeah. <laughs> Would so, you say she had a plethora? A plethora. A plethora of pinatas. Hefe, <laughs> what is a plethora? <laughs> Why, you guapo. <laughs> I love that movie. Forever Sci-Fi, duct tape over the mouth. That's pretty much how it's coming across these days. That's for sure. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi says, peace be with you, but keep your distance. Yes, absolutely. Talking about mass there. Uh, and yeah, so the bishop has put in saying, here's the thing. There's a few things that the bishop has done that I think are good. He said, all right, no more shaking hands during the sign of peace. Good. We shouldn't be doing that anyway. Like, that that shouldn't be a thing already, right? Just wave at the person if you want to. That's fine. Shaking your hand before receiving communion doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me, uh, even without the beer bug happening. And the other thing he did was saying, no holding hands during the Our Father. And it's like, well, we never did until the 70s. So, okay. Those are fine by me. Uh, Edgardo Martinez is in the chat. What's going on, good sir? 
Uh, let's see. Forever Sci-Fi says, the air is recycled on the plane. It makes no difference. Yes. Thank you, Forever yes, Sci-Fi, exactly. for pointing that out. Yeah. We're going to social distance. Do, um, they actually do use HEPA filters. They were saying they? the other day that a lot of the newer planes, it's pretty safe because mm. they they somehow take in, I don't know how, but yeah. they somehow take in fresh air and run it through HEPA filters. I mean, and, I, uh, I can't imagine why they can't because, I mean, there's air all around them. I mean, so <laughs> it would make sense for them to have that technology, but... I wonder how many or what I wonder if there are certain planes that don't have that technology in them. Probably the older ones. I just yeah. posted mm-hmm. the link in the chat to that picture of Campia with his <laughs> Captain Marvel. All right, I'll try <laughs> I'll try I'll try and pull it up. I'll try and pull it up once I get to it. Uh, <laughs> uh Gigabus Prime says if the government keeps telling me to wear a mask, I'm going to get my Mighty Morphin Green Ranger costume and put on the full Green Ranger helmet. Hey, yeah. They didn't define what constitutes a legitimate mask, so why the hell not? Uh, Venom Broly says, "I am a little French. What is? I am a little French. What is your height? Uh, I'm six feet, so I'm a little cage in myself." Uh, Forever Sci-Fi says, "Americans keep getting bigger, and the plane seats keep getting smaller. How does that work?" Fair point. That's a great question. Uh, Slice of Neons, I would be in the middle seat if the Valks were on either side. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my. <laughs> Lord it. Slicer. Calm down, Slicer, all right? Don't make me time you out. <laughs> You'd be respectful to my Valkyries now, Slicer. Yeah. How dare you? Because they, they, they'll, they'll, they'll put the hammer down themselves on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry Larry says, seats have become more and more smaller over the years. Cram more people in for more money, money. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, all right, here is uh, the picture. But, of course, <laughs> chat's jumping everywhere. And I'm not going to be able to catch up with everybody's chat, sadly. So let me just go and see members. Line video with a doctor. Yeah, Larry Larry, that's why I thought. Uh, one video with a doctor. Um, let's see. Larry Larry says, Dave Cullen videos are over at BitChute. Yeah, that's why I mirror mine, but not all of them make it because there's some technical issues there. Uh, Sporky News Podcast is a new member of the channel. Says, I wish I could join at a higher level because you are truly one of the best YouTubers out there and even a better guy. Well, Sporky News Podcast. Thank Aww. you, dude. Thanks. I appreciate that. And I, I've been so... I'm here. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad to see you in the chat, Sporky News. And thank you again for becoming a member. That really means a lot. Uh, Nathan Slay says, Joke Wokia. John Wokia is married. How did that happen? <laughs> That's what I said. A- everyone has yeah. someone for them out there. So. Oh, I guess. <laughs> Duh, Bishop says, Larry, Larry. All right, let me get to that picture. All righty. Do you want me to post it again? I got it. Uh, okay. let me go. I Hopefully I did when... that correctly. Yeah. That was at the premiere, wasn't it, Laura? I think and, so. Yeah. When he wore that outfit, and I was like, "Oh my god!" All right, here like, it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> In all of his glory. So much. So much. Oh, oh Lord. my god. Oh lordy. Yeah, but you know, you know, uh, Aquaman's not going to make any money. That's what I was getting ready to say. Aquaman's not going to make a yeah. billion dollars. Are you people crazy? <laughs> Uh, December is a terrible time to release Aquaman. That's it's it's a terrible time to release any movie. Oh, okay, let's list off all the movies that have been successful that have come out in December because it's a very long list. It's as if he doesn't know what he's talking about. I know, right? Yes. <sighs> I remember because uh, Jeremy always talks about how he was a fan of his back when he was on AMC Movie Talk. I didn't like him. 
even then. And the reason why is because I was watching it and I'm like, I was, I was an employee for AMC at the time. And I was like, Hey, how do I get this gig talking about movies nonstop? That sounds awesome. And so I was listening to this guy, Sean Campia talk and everyone, they were all yes men. All of them were saying, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. Oh yeah. I agree. And I'm in the chat. Like, no, you're you're wrong. Like, (laughs) what do you mean? Like, is there no dissenting voice here? Like, this is ridiculous. And I was like, put me on. I'll, I'll, I'll argue the point. And so even then I had issues because it was like a yes man, you know, personality where it's like, yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. No problem, no problem, no problem. All right, and let's go ahead and just end with some Mask of Zorro, Mask of Phantasm, says Larry Larry. Again, they never specified. Uh, just put the scream mask on. That'll stop illness, right? Sure. I've seen people in those inflatable dinosaur costumes. Like, they <laughs> <do> costumes. <laughs> oh, yes. I want to get one just so that I can be that person. That's just like, what? They told me to wear a mask. This has a mask in it. I did mm-hmm. see a lady who cut a hole in the front of her mask, too, like right where her nose goes. <laughs> oh, Lord, that uh, someone posted, I guess it was a joke mask, but they were like, this is the mask I'm wearing on my next cruise. And it had like a slot so you could pull it so you could start sipping on your straw when you're taking your drink. And I was like, oh, I need one of those. Um. <laughs> uh- Nothing beats the video I saw of the women in the uh, store and the makeshift ones they made, but that's a little um, vulgar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was a video camera caught him, and it's really, you're like watching this going, seriously, that is disturbing. And I will say this much, because luckily we have a person named Exaggeration Nation on Twitter. Wonderful Twitter handle. I recommend you follow him. He's hilarious. His name is Jesse. And uh, he's already done the test for everybody. And sure enough, if you're wearing a standard mask, you can sip a drink through it already. So. Hmm. I just, I have to point out he's a sweetheart because he is one of the guys I hung out with. He will walk around for like six hours straight setting himself up for jokes so he can say that's what she said. Oh, gosh. He also really nice. And and of course, because, you know, it wouldn't be appropriate unless we, you know, sexualized him. He has nice legs. So. Oh, my God. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) What? He you never seen the videos of him dancing in his underwear. Oh, oh, so what he does is so for those that don't know, for those that don't know his shtick. So he'll make these videos and it's him dancing in his underwear, but it's a promotion video for Geese and Gamers merchandise. So all he oh, has on yeah. is the t-shirt on, and then he's like doing his little hips in his in his in his undies, and it's just hilarious. Like I just think it's so funny, and like whenever him and drunk hang out, it's just great. Oh, like they hung out during Thanksgiving, and all of a sudden it's drunk doing a panning shot, and Jesse's on the ground, and it looks like he's butt naked on the ground doing yeah, like this the- weird leg thing, looking like a turkey. I luckily talked to Jay after the fact, and drunk confirmed that he was wearing clothing. It just looked like he wasn't. Um, oh. It was them and Gilkey and Jeremy together when I was in Florida, and those guys together are oh my god! <laughs> oh, they are. It's just They're it's crazy. just so great. It's just so great. All right, but anyway, chat. Thank y'all so much for for being here. Uh, and Larry Larry says, "Phantom of the Opera mask." Yeah, <laughs> protect half the face, you know. And yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> what I'm wearing a mask. You didn't specify what kind of mask. <laughs> It's on my face. It's, a it's on my it's face. A facial mask. Oh, you know what? I want. I want like those old school. Like you go to a masquerade ball, and it's the one that you hold up to your face. 
And so you can take oh. it down. And then it's like, you didn't say that it had to be one that wraps around my ears. Yeah. It's like, and it's I, have, stick. I have one of those too. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex absolutely, I think, says the one that would be the best mask, which would be the Bane mask. What do you mean I cannot wear this mask? <laughs> Where's the triggers? Like the Batman <laughs> ma- Where's the trigger? Yeah, wear the Batman mask because then the mouth is exposed, and then you can just go say, "Where's the mask? Tell me." <laughs> Why did you say that name? <laughs> Sorry. Oh Sorry. Lord, I'm sure that'll come up uh, at some point today. But let's go yeah. ahead and let's dive yeah. into what my chosen have been watching. So, Laura, what's going on? Have you been watching any television, movies, anything that you want to talk about? Yeah, you know, getting back into Dune since the movie's coming out. So I went back and redid the audiobook, which was nice. awesome. Um, so I guess that there's a sci-fi uh, Dune version, which I somehow yes. missed. So mm. I yes. have to go back and watch that. Okay. Yes. Now, do you yes. mean the original film or a sci-fi channel? Oh, so, yeah. I mean, I, I saw the original, was it David Lynch version? Mm. Mm-hmm. And then, yep. So they say somewhere out there there's an extended edition version, but I can't find it. So what could um, you say that there is a director's cut? Yes, yes. And Lynch, <laughs> de- Lynch demanded <laughs> they remove his name from it, so it says directed by Alan Smithy. Yeah, he was not too happy with not having no. the final say. Wow. No. Mm-mm. Nope. Damn. Yeah, I, I don't Some really know hours, a whole lot about the history yeah. of it. So wait, what was that? So they, he filmed like hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. of, of stuff and they just, whoever edited it just hacked it to pieces and mm-hmm. they had to go in and film like additional, and you can tell when you watch it, you're like, who is that character standing in the background? Yes, <laughs> you know, yes. That's mm-hmm. in the book that we didn't even introduce in the movie, but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They, they hacked it up and added some additional scenes to kind of splice it all together and yeah. he was not happy. Nope. Mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a film that I know that some people do genuinely enjoy because they, they love the story and the characters. But yeah, I mean, I, I hate whenever you hear those accounts about how directors were just completely blindsided by either bad editors or by the studios controlling the editing process. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of hope, you know, as I was saying last night on the on the show, I was saying, hey, you know what? I, I hope that we do get an influx of actual authentic director's cuts. This sounds like it would be one of them. You know, there's hours and hours of footage that never made it onto the screen. Yeah, maybe after Dune is released, maybe they'll go back and, you know, work with him and mm-hmm. put together the movie that he wanted. Yeah. Um, I just but, don't care about it, but yet at the same time, I'm happy they got what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. It, what? what do you mean? What? <laughs> they didn't get what they want, though, because David Lynch didn't get the movie that he wanted. He didn't get <laughs> the movie he Snyder. wanted. The Snyder, oh, Snyder cut. Oh, Snyder cut. Okay. The whole difference there. So for that group, I, I'm glad they got. Maybe it will help in the end with some of these other ones. We want to actually see what was intended. Yeah, and that's but what. At the same time, who cares? It's just freaking Snyder. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm of that same mindset, too, right? Because I'm a big critic of Snyder. However, you know, having been, you know, being a fan of, of such various franchises, you know, the one that I always go to, you know, not a similar situation to Snyder at all, but I think that it's it's within the same ballpark. And that's everything that happened with Joss Whedon's Firefly. You know, it was a great show that was on Fox, had millions mm-hmm. of viewers, and got canceled after 10 episodes that were shown out of order at terrible right. times, and yet still had millions of people watching it, and got right. canceled. And it was because of the fan base that eventually... Joss Whedon was able to get an actual movie 
uh, called Serenity, and Serenity was great. Didn't make a whole lot of money at the box office, but still, fans willed that to actually happen. And so this is exactly what happened with the Snyder Cut. Fans willed it to happen. You know, they willed everything to go forward. And so I can, at the very least, you know, respect the fans and say, great job. And I'm hoping, you know, as, you know, Laura's been talking about, you know, she's been rereading Dune. I'm hoping that, you know, with people starting to get more interest in the property and maybe going back to watch the original and saying, wait, this doesn't make sense. Let me Google that. Oh, uh, the director did not have anything to do with this because of the edit. Oh, maybe. Oh, oh, this sounds interesting. And then maybe starts a new push for that to get its own director's cut. Well, Laura, I, I, well, oh, I'm sorry. I was (laughs) just going to say, I was just going to say, getting back to Dune, I think someone just did a recent interview with David Lynch and asked him about Dune and he said, "Mm -mm, it's over. It's in my path. Wow. And uh, so I, I don't think we'll ever see like an official Mm. director's cut from David Lynch himself. Yeah. Because he's done with it. Kyle MacLachlan, the the main actor, that was one of his first roles. And yes, it was. And he said he had a nervous breakdown after it was over because oh. it was, you know, there was a lot of filming in the desert and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of very intense emotional scenes that, you know, some of it we never even got to see. And I'm, I'm sure that probably probably has something to do mm. with his, uh, his you know, state after the movie. He's like, I did all that work and none of it's on screen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and Bruce had sent a message before he retracted it saying that there is a extended edition that has like 45 minutes of extra footage. Yeah. And I think that he meant yeah. to say that he owns it. Um, oh, oh so. give me copy, please. Me copy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure he'll he'll post it again because I think he misspelled, so he'll he'll post it again and he'll clarify, but I'm pretty sure. Oh, wait, he says there. There is an extended cut. Um, yeah. Okay, so he does. So I guess he doesn't own it. I thought he maybe said that he was on it or uh, – I hate whenever I'm trying to interact with the chat live because there's a delay. And so then Bruce is like, yep. And I'm like, I don't know what you're saying yep to. That's why, guys, yep. context. <laughs> Even okay. in short term, context is so important for me. Uh, but anyway, so so Laura, you've been watching, or rather you you uh, listened to Dune. How is the audiobook for Dune? It's wonderful. Okay. I mean, uh, you know, I, I named my daughter Jessica after mm. Jessica in the book. Okay. The, oh. In the 80s for me, the themes in that book really, you know, kind of... Uh, worked for me it mm-hmm. was very influential and you can actually see how influential dune was on um george lucas because mm-hmm. uh, you know it's the thing about dune is it's set in our future mm-hmm. so it's just like star wars is set in our universe in the past you know it's it kind of connects you more to the book than it being just this weird sci-fi book that's you know people hold on a second i just had like four dogs walk in my room <laughs> that's okay <laughs> Come on. Come on. I, I think that it you know dune being set in our distant future and you know they they mentioned things like the bible mm-hmm. um yes it, it kind of um makes you feel more attached to the story yeah now is dune the one where mormons or no, no i'm thinking of uh i'm thinking of uh, that's the expanse, that's the expanse. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, yeah. as soon as I said it, I'm like, nope, that's wrong. It's it's The Expanse, the show that I can't watch because I can't hear a single thing that anyone says. Mm. Um, <laughs> but so, uh, but yeah, so I, obviously, like you know, I'm a big audiobook fan. I've been really delving into the Star Wars audiobooks because there's some great voice actors that do those books. How's the voice acting for for the Dune audiobook? 
it's good. They don't use one particular actor. They mm. have, uh, you know, a female who comes in and does the female parts. Okay. Um, because, you know, the story is written uh, from the, a, a female's point of view. There, mm. There's a, a princess in the story, and she ends up, you know, kind of becoming his uh, the historian mm. of the story. So she's writing all of these. Okay. Things nice. Down. Yeah. Very cool. Have you been uh, watching anything else, you know, stuff that's modern or uh, any other content that you've been taking in? Because uh, you've yeah. actually been yeah. you've been allowed to work during quarantine, right? Yeah, it's yeah. very slow, though, because like I'm working, but most people can't because the schools are closed. Mm. So it's, you know, a catch 22. We just have a lot of people on leave right now. And yeah. I'm not quite, you know, I don't know why. I think a lot of people who are in government don't have kids or something. It's like. Okay, well, we're going to have the businesses reopen. Okay, well, the daycares and the schools are still closed. So how is that supposed to work? Well, so. it's because they all have their own private nannies, so they don't have to worry uh, about it. Because mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. they always get the exception to every single rule. Yeah, I've been really into Better Call Saul because that just finished yeah. up. That's such an awesome show. Yeah, um, I'm glad you mentioned that because literally right before we started, I was watching another episode. I think I'm on episode 9 or 10 of the first season. And oh, wow. I'm loving it. Like, cause I, as mm. I, and I told my story about it last night where I started watching it right after uh, Breaking Bad ended, like basically as soon as it premiered. And because I was still in the Breaking Bad universe, I was expecting it to be very similar to it. And when it wasn't, I, I just couldn't get into it. And so now obviously about four or five years have passed and I, you know, started to rewatch it the other day and I was like, oh, this is actually really good. I just wasn't ready for it at the time because I was expecting something different, but now that enough time has passed from the end of Breaking Bad, I can kind of go in with more of an empty slate, you know, fresh palate, you know, one could argue, and I'm freaking loving it, and the story with Mike in the very beginning, and going into his background as a cop, it's just like, there's so many great characters in it, and I'm loving it, so what season, so so you're caught up with the entire show. Yeah, that's funny, I did the exact same thing, (laughs) when it first came out, I watched it, and I was just like... (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Yeah. And then I kept hearing how good it was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I better go back and watch this and check it out. The cinematography it, alone is yeah. just beautiful. Oh, yeah. I'd like to let other people screen my shows for me. It's like, cause I've started too many shows and it's just like, <laughs> super, like Supergirl, you know, you yeah. watch it from the beginning or Batwoman. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a fair point because I mean, think about how much time a lot of us, you know, cause I think at least a few of us watch game of Thrones and it's like we spent all that time, invested all of that time and patience, and then we got you know those last seasons. And I would still argue that that eighth season is still by far the worst, like compared to everything oh, yeah. else. And you know we get to that ending, and it's like, wow, that was a waste of my time. So yeah, I think it's a good idea. I mean, I think a lot of people are starting to do that now too. Is hey, if there's an older show, I want to hear about like how it is before I actually invest the time to watch it. Because if it all falls apart in the last season, why would I want to waste my time with it? Yeah. I mean, you could tell pretty early on with Batwoman that it was not going to be a good show, (laughs) but the, the poor girl who plays the villain in Mm -hmm. that she is, she's a really good villain and she's kind of crazy, you Mm -hmm. know? And uh, a lot of people don't do crazy very well, but she's got it. Nice. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. The the one thing, the, like the one positive about the show is that the villain's awesome. And I feel like it reminds me of Jessica Jones season one, where the only good thing about it was Kilgrave was David Tennant being the villain because it was worth watching it just for his performance as that character. But everything else was like mediocre. And then season two happened and you're like, Oh God, uh, where's David Tennant. Can he come back please? Because I need something to hold on to. (laughs) 
Yeah, it took me um, it took me three or four years to get into Supernatural, and the mm. wife just would not shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show, so I can. <laughs> I and I started watching it. And I was like, why did I not get into this like earlier? I know, right? Amazing. And then it goes on for, you know, 10 seasons or so too long. And, you know, actually, I will say this much. Supernatural is one of those rare shows that even though I would argue it still has gone on way too long, I would say it's better for more seasons than other shows that have gone on for too long have been. Like, I think about things like uh, How I Met Your Mother, where that show was good for like four seasons. And then it just became so repetitive that you had like four or five seasons of it being mm-hmm. okay. I'm still, you know, I'm still enjoying the characters and there's some funny moments, but overall, meh. And then the ending happens. You're like, really? You had this plan from the beginning and this is what you come up with. Okay. I, I feel like I wasted my time oh. with it. Where with supernatural, I feel that they have like 10 or 11 solid seasons with maybe a couple in between, like in there where there were weaker seasons overall, but at the very least they can rebound. Like supernatural is a show where th- if they had a bad season, Normally, the next season was good. Like, would they would rebound from it. A lot of shows can't do that. No. Mm-mm. No. Yeah, Shit's Creek is getting like that, too. That comedy that's on uh, Netflix. It's, nice. It, it's getting... It's in the third or fourth season now, mm-hmm. and it's kind of getting to the point where it's like they they're kind of box themselves in with the character. Mm, <laughs> it's yeah. still hilarious, you know, that mockumentary kind of vibe. Yeah. But... yeah, absolutely. And that's why I love shows like Breaking Bad, because the creator of it said, oh, no, this is only getting this number of seasons because that's as long as the story needs to go for. Now, you mentioned that you had finished up with... Is Better Call Saul done or... Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. I don't think the show is done, but I've watched all the seasons. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so I would imagine that that probably only has about another season in it Yeah. because like that's it. about as long as Breaking Bad went on, too. Well, with as many shows that get piloted and then never see the light of day, mm-hmm. I mean, I can... I can kind of not blame somebody for not planning the whole thing out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and that's why Vince Gilligan, who's the creator of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul is, is, is one of my favorite creators of television because he obviously had a plan. Like he, he was like, if it doesn't get picked up, the plan never comes to fruition, but you know, you can just tell by every episode he does. And the, the way the characters work, it's like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. And, you know, even to the point of him making that movie El Camino with Jesse Pinkman's character, and it's a great conclusion to the Jesse Pinkman character. You know, it's just we need more television creators like him because he tells good stories without entering in his own opinions or politics or going on for too long and making it boring. So I still need to watch that El Camino. I don't know why I haven't done it. I'll put that it's on the two. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just like an episode of Breaking Bad, just focusing on Jesse Pinkman's character and a little longer. So it's if you like Breaking Bad, I think you'll enjoy it. It's like a good episode. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else? Uh, oh, uh, super excited. You know, me and my Star Wars Rebels, super excited for the second season of The Mandalorian. Okay. So I I don't know what a live action Sabine is going to look like. Mm, yeah. Uh, that's going to be strange because she is very, uh, she's very bright, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> very, uh, the green or the pink or the blue hair and the. <laughs> you know her armor is all different colors mm-hmm. i just i hope that translates to live action because i think she's gonna look pretty weird <laughs> and have they cast that character yet uh, yeah that's the other thing her yeah. voice actor has has been saying she really wants to play her live action so mm. we'll see if that happens yeah and that, I, I think that would be my main concern would be if they get the casting wrong because if you get the casting wrong for a character it's like you can do everything you can but you can't really fix a, a bad actor uh unless of course you fire her or you know 
commit to a season two and, you know, decide, okay, What yeah. do you think about it? All the characters from Rebels, if you look at their faces, they do look just like their voice actors. Mm. I mean, Freddie Prince Jr. does look exactly like Kanan. That's a very good point. I, I like when shows do that, too. Same with movies. Like, there are some movies in television where they'll basically, they'll design a character based off of the person voicing it, and I think it brings more to it. And as you mentioned, it makes it better for a transition to live action. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Vanessa Marshall, the one who does Harris, she's never done, as far as I know, she's never done any live action. Mm. Um, but everybody else in the Rebels crew has done some live action. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, but so she does. She, she's got big blue eyes. She looks just like Hera. So. Yeah. And actually, someone just, uh, Bruce mentioned Katie Sackhoff. You know what? Katie Sackhoff, I think, would actually be a very good Hera. Oh, she's doing um, The Mandalorian. Oh, oh wait, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's what? right. Uh, I forget her name. I know exactly. Yeah, because I forgot that she was. Now, has she been confirmed or is it just discussions? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then somebody is playing, um, there was this kid that was in uh, in this Clone Wars. And mm. there was always these theories that it was um, Obi-Wan's illegitimate son. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I'm horrible with names. <laughs> but uh, because he, he has, he has you know, similar features to Obi-Wan. And it was supposedly um, Satine's, uh, like, nephew or something. Ah. But, it, but it was like, I wonder. There was one point where he was, like, rubbing his chin. Like Obi Wan used to do, yeah. And we we're all like, "It's him! It's his son!" <laughs> but his name's like Bucky or Brewster or something. Something. I kind of hope it's Bucky because that's just a fun name. <laughs> Here's Bucky. <laughs> yeah, he's supposed to be him. I don't know anymore because people keep putting these fake Mandalorian uh, text up. Like, yeah. So and so has been. Darth Maul is going to be in the. Mandalorian season two and I'm like wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's like let me fact check that real quick because I don't think oh it's oh, a rumor okay. family from we got this covered oh I need to start like a clickbait kind of uh news source that'd be great I just make stuff up every day <laughs> hey just just become you can become the next uh oh what's his name um zero Mike zero <laughs> just be like I claim this because I'm from the future <laughs> So here's what we'll do. I'll start a website and I'll make the article, right? And I'll put a question at the end of all the headlines. So I can't be, it's like, hey, this is a rumor. And then you guys make the video and just give me a small portion. <laughs> <laughs> just put just put rumor at the beginning of every single one and then they can't come back at you. Oh, the question mark works too. Yes, like, this is true. Because mm-hmm. If someone criticizes you, say, I had a question mark at the end of it. It's Will a Darth question. Maul be resurrected and brought question. up from the dead for Mandalorian season two? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, Larry, Larry says, "Punky Brewster." Also, I hear a doggy that's having a lot of fun with what that toy. That? It's it's my my chihuahua has her her gator her, and she's oh, running away. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. She's like, "Nope, you can't have it. It's mine." Here, get your bear. Get your bear. No, no, get your bear. <laughs> I just hope that the doggo is being pet because everyone should always respect the doggo and pet the doggo. Always pet your doggo. Always. I would, but both of mine are passed out at my feet and they're adorable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's having a hissy fit now. Oh my God. <laughs> Can you hear her? I did. I just heard her growl and it's like, yep. <laughs> I will take a picture of. You have... So this is my dog right now. Uh, this is uh, River. And this is the, I was saying it the other day. So as you can see, 
she's got this hard plastic ball that she just loves and plays with. And she's literally cuddling with it. And it's like, it's not, you know, nice. It's not anything that's going to, you know, feel nice. It's just for some reason she finds comfort in in having it. So, yeah, that's where she is literally underneath my desk. And then Willow, of course, is just her typical Willow self. And I just said her name and she's looking at me like, what? Dad? What? So I'm going to pet the doggo because she picked her head up. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for for sharing all that stuff. Anything else before we uh, move on to? <laughs> Sounds like you got so your hands full. Right <laughs> it's just like she's like you talked about me, and I know you talked about me. <laughs> I put her gator in the in the in the drawer, and she's smart enough oh, where she knows where it is. No, she's like, give me back my gator. Here, I'm gonna mute. Okay, I gotcha. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, and. Let's go on to someone else who hasn't been on for a while. Rosetta, I know that you've been very busy uh, with your photography, and you've been working on a project with that that I want you to talk to everyone about. But have you been watching anything as well? Um, mostly the and mostly just videos from the community when I have a chance. Mm-hmm. But um, I will be doing going over a bunch of the old sci-fi movies and stuff because of the panels i've been doing in star trek stuff so i'll be going through all those over the next few here okay anything of note mm, that i've done recently just rewatch some of my old andromeda stuff okay is andromeda from the 80s no you should actually know it <laughs> i don't that's what i was gonna say i don't know it i've heard of it i just never actually watched it myself it was, um Maybell was making one of the scripts that had been started by gene mm. and it was um basically the guy got caught in the event of a black hole for 300 years and dropped into a future where everything he knew got destroyed hmm. and that was sorbo's show that got him away from hercules uh i used to actually watch the old school hercules show i watched <laughs> hercules and i watched xena you yeah. realize I hated Hercules and Xena so much. I actually dreaded Andromeda when they announced him as a star. Uh, I didn't think I would like it. <laughs> and then I realized how much I actually like him outside of those shows. <laughs> I actually, I enjoyed their campiness because they were campy as hell. I mean, it's, it, but it was just fun. Like, it was great to see Sorbo just, you know, with all the muscles lifting up obvious props and like it's nothing. And it's just like, it's great. And then, of course, with Xena, I just loved having it where it was like, and it's like, that's just fun. <laughs> I wanted that boomerang, you know, thing that she had that would cut people, you know. But that, that's just me. I was more into more um, factual ones based on mythology and mm. stuff. I gotcha. But I actually really did enjoy Andromeda. The last season was weird, but there were a couple great moments that were really um, just over the top jokes and lines, too. So Okay. Nice. And so you also have, of course, been working on a book. Tell us about that. Um, working on putting together what's going to be actually a book of eagles mm-hmm. from my different photography work. It's going to go through the first one I took, different ones I've taken, where they happen, things behind how that happens, stuff like that. I've just started designing the pages. I've already got all the pictures picked out. Um, it's going to be kind of 78 pages depending on how many i can fit per page because there's a few hundred pictures to go for this out of the print quality out of everything so it's gonna be quite intense actually did you actually want to see a little clip of it yeah sure go ahead 
one sec let me move a tab here so i have room to screen share yeah <laughs> yeah also you don't you don't want to share any tabs that uh that you don't want to do you don't want to be seen like some people on twitch have done recently have you heard that news uh no there but... were, there was a twitch user that uh was like moving a window around and showed that they were watching some inappropriate material and uh they got a slap on the wrist because they're you know twitch royalty and they don't have to follow the rules that everyone else has to this is starting to work on it here all right let me boom let me put that up nice and that's actually the top one there is actually the eagle flying over the water surface. The bottom one's the actual water surface one, whereas you got her and the golden eagle flying together. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you can see the write-ups around it and the artwork background and stuff I'm doing. Yeah. That's what all the pages are going to have their own design of that. Yeah. Nice. So. And uh, so I know that you mentioned, you know, starting a Kickstarter campaign. Uh, what do you think? The... Uh, oh, sorry. Indiegogo. Yeah. It's all the same uh, to me. I mean... I have a few issues um, with the business on how they do things for Kickstarter. So to me, it's behaviors of how they treat customers. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But um, it's, I should be getting the mailing list up soon. I've got a few people who are going to help me figure out all the stuff I have to fill out and do for that. So it should be up within the next few days so that people can get a notification when they, it actually goes live. Mm -hmm. Nice. Very, very cool. Uh, and then anything else that you've been watching or working on? Uh, you've been saying that because obviously, for those that don't know, you know, to get a lot of these photographs, tell a little bit about the process that you go through to get them. Well, for the eagles are not as hard as some of them. Okay, often because there are a lot of them not far away, but it's hike trails, it's adventures. I was on your Valhalla, and that's what I had gotten that same morning, where I actually had to basically tripod myself on the cliff side of the rocks over the same actual river and dam that those were taken that I just showed you. Oh, nice. So that I could see up into the tree to get the juvie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause you've been saying, cause you said that you get up at like what? 5. AM. And I've been doing 5. AM for it and going down and doing a loop of multiple hike trails for six to eight hours every day. Wow. And of course, all of this is leading up to the fact that that's the reason why you, you know, streamed against me yesterday and betrayed me. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing that. I'm working colorist on a graphic novel of Friends doing, which is going to be 160 pages. Ooh. I've got. What is a standard graphic novel length? Uh, graphic novels tend to be 60 to 200 mm-hmm. as a range. Okay. And comics tend to be short. Yeah. So that's how it is. And. I've been working full time on trying to get those pages done and I'm doing, you know, what I get home, I'm working on this book and sorting the folders and working on the photos and I'm going to laugh so hard because somebody in the chat told me I should come to Iowa to get bald eagle photos. <laughs> have you been to Iowa before to get photos or like how far? Cause I know that obviously you have a lot of places. East Iowa. What was that? I live in East Iowa. East Iowa. Okay. I gotcha. <laughs> Those pictures I just showed you were are from East Iowa. Iowa. Okay. <laughs> but actually, like, taking that and turning it into a better question, um, how far have you traveled, like, outside of, you know, state to capture certain photos or capture certain moments? Or do you mostly stay in your own backyard? 
San Diego Zoo will have ones in this book of global oh. eagles. Oh, nice. Very when cool. I went, uh, when I met and went over and met Kennel while I was doing my big trip. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kennel. Or as, as the Brits like as the oh Brits like God. to call him, Kennel. I love that. <laughs> I call him Kennel because I make jokes at his expense. <laughs> Well, it's it's not hard. Uh, was anyone watching, by the way, the stream on his Twitch channel last night where they were playing Rocket League? Who was that? Uh, Ryan Ryan Kennel and uh, Jeremy was there. Uh, Exaggeration Nation was there. Like a bunch of people were, and basically, uh, it was great because he finally found a game he's good at. Everybody. Wow. So next time he he shows up in the chat because every now and then he'll jump in and troll. Uh, just be like, hey, I heard that you're finally good at something. And, uh, uh, wait, 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 wait. So all those prayers have worked? Yes, I guess they have. <laughs> Talk about a miracle. Wow. I know. It took a game that's basically soccer with cars for him to finally be good at something. So so you've been working on the graphic and novel? What was that? Stephanie just got here. Stephanie's here. What's going on, Stephanie B? She says, hey just got back in... I like that. Just got back in from church. Wow, it was full. Stephanie B., I am so glad to hear that. I'm assuming that means it's one of the first weekends where y'all have been allowed to reopen and go back. So that is freaking awesome, Steph. And so glad it says full uh, was full, no problems at all. Yeah, of course it's not. Because here's the thing. You know, when you're talking about places that are not very well controlled and have a bunch of random people, yeah, I understand having some regulations. But when you're talking about church, most of the time it's going to be people that are sensible and are going to, you know, take care of each other. And it's going to be run by a pastor that cares. So this whole thing of, of churches being, you know, that's why, despite anyone's thoughts about the president, and again, I have a lot of thoughts about him, I can say this much, you know, the fact that he came out and said churches are essential, synagogues are essential, mosques are essential, reopen them, or I will make you reopen them. I think that, again, I wish, I wish we had more of that coming from our bishops and other religious leaders, because we have not been getting that type of uh, response from them, sadly. So, but that's just my own personal thought. Yeah. And sorry, I'll... I interrupted your question, but yeah. I had to say this, Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. At first, I was like, "Wait, what? What?" And that's a good reason, absolutely, because Stephanie B is amazing, and uh, hopefully, one day we'll be able to get her on a stream because yes. I'm sure there's a lot of people that have a lot of questions for Stephanie B. So, because mm-hmm. she is my general, she's been with the channel for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. I can't believe I've known you a little over a year now. I can't believe it that. Was, it was the beginning of May I started coming to your streams. It was a few weeks into us knowing each other. You did that for me and my husband for anniversary last year. That's right. Which our anniversary is in May. Eight days. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's Tuesday after Monday and my days are kind of just. Dis- I don't blame you. I mean, <laughs> I can barely, I can barely understand where we are at any at any given point, and uh, and yeah, I mean, I was I was doing the math the other day, and this June will be two years since my first live stream. Oh. And so it'll be almost two years since I've known Steph because she joined the live streams like in the, like by the second or third one she had stopped by, and then it just became a pattern because I was streaming all the time at that point, and yeah, yep. it's it's crazy. I can't believe it's been two years. I, I know. I've known you a year. I know. Right? You're driving crazy. <laughs> every time, every time. And now I've got something against you, though. You have 80s knowledge against me. I have you uh, crossing the streams against me. Please be too much about it. I'll do it more. <laughs> uh, Alice McCarthy says, I'm still holding off on my back surgery till the beer bug dies down a lot more. Yeah, I, I remember uh, Alex had shared that uh, with us, you know, not too long ago. 
And I mean, when you have someone having to hold off on surgery, like that is, again, that's just ridiculous. Reopen the economy, please. Uh, CM Production says, screw the Snyder Cut. Everybody wants the Tina Cut. Yes. <laughs> and not the Tina Cut. We want the Tina Channel. Let's get that going. Oh. We need the Tina Like I said, just channel. take take clips from her on this stream and just put it on a new stream. And there you go. Here's what I need <laughs> to do. Here's what I need there to do. Yeah. Go. Taking that. I need to create her channel and then cut it all the stuff when she's talking and then just upload them as if they're just directly from her. Boom. There it is. And Tina. then she will be forced to continue to create content for it. Tina rants about Parasite. Was it really the best picture of last year? You decide. <laughs> I probably wouldn't choose that one because there's a lot of people. Uh, remember when Robert Storms went off on oh, his tire? There was yes. so, he got yes. so much hate. Of course, when I did my rant yeah. it was between all of us i would never get publicly on <laughs> youtube and do that because that movie has a lot of fans it does. and i'm like okay yeah i i i get this but anyway whatever yeah i'm a fan <laughs> i'm a fan right here and I, I and yet i you see here's the thing there's fans and then there's insane people who they hear a yeah, different they hear a different opinion and they're just like yeah it's whenever whenever i talk about dc or snyder or anything it's like the comments just become wham wham it's it's unfair to the movie because the hype you know surrounding that movie it's 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 bad to watch something after it's been nominated Mm -hmm. agree like like moonlight i watched moonlight after it had been nominated i was like what (laughs) how did you get your gator back I could just see this little chihuahua like looking up like, I got it. <laughs> I put it on the cabinet. I'm about to say. So, so somehow she opened the cabinet. To get Somebody it. must have given it to her. Oh, okay. It's not funny. <laughs> no, it's, I saw um, a movie and it was it was good in its own right. But yeah. It was nominated for a bunch of Oscars and mm. I saw it and I was like, oh, God, what? It, it was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, I remember watching yeah. it too, and I was like, okay, it's it's technically very well put together, but I just don't, I, I just had no investment in the story. It's like, it's a movie I'm never going to want to watch again, and yeah, I was very underwhelmed by it, like you, like you said, and I think the Oscars mm-hmm. have kind of gone in that direction a lot recently, where they choose these random movies that, yeah, they're, they're good, like they're well made, but they're also not ones that you're going to remember for a long time. I personally think parasite is one that people will remember because i think the twist is just so cool uh that that's just my again my own personal take on it um i know that tina has a very different opinion on that yeah. um <laughs> every time she laughs my ears ache <laughs> hey. echoes in these headphones hey tina's laugh is legendary and yes it, it's no it's a joyous happy laugh it just for some reason echoes in these headphones <laughs> it means that your headphones are too good you need to put the iPhone things in or whatever. The ear pods or not ear pods, the earbuds. Yeah, mm-hmm. there it is. <laughs> All the right. The problem I had with Parasite was I just, I didn't like anybody in the movie. Thank it's you, like, Laura. You know, you've got to have somebody that you're like pulling for. And I'm like, all these people are just so horrible. Uh, yeah, Thank but you. I, Thank you. Yeah, but I think in real life, a lot of people are just horrible too. So my cynicism would make that okay. Yeah. I think that's why people do like it though, because they're more realistic characters. 
because in That's real life true. there are a lot of you know just unlikable people olden if i wanted that i'd go back out and work a freaking crime scene again <laughs> where the baby where he the, the victim his 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 family said he was gonna be a, a crime director he was gonna be a Sunday school teacher oh yeah that's why we found all those kilos of cocaine in his car and then all the baby mamas he, he's definitely gonna get to see his baby grow up oh yeah all 12 of them yeah wow tina's spitting that hot fire right now she's like no prisoners taken Tina, you and my wife should sit down and have conversations. I hear it all the time. I'm sorry. It's just that, you know, if I want, I I love realism in movies, but Mm. if, yeah, if I want, that's just like this Russell Crowe movie that's getting ready to come out. Mm. I'm like, if I want a road rage movie, I'll call work and we can talk about all the road rage cases we've worked because they all ended the same. Yeah. Yeah, Tina, so... Tina will get this. Don't don't go to like a bad neighborhood and mind your own business because you will get shot. You got that like, right. Why why was he? Uh, what happened here? Oh, he was just in Richmond minding his own business. Uh huh. Uh Shot. You got like... that. You got that right. We had these two guys from Indiana who got shot in one of the projects, mm. and the family's like, "Oh, they must have made a wrong turn. They didn't know they were there." Oh yeah, we know why they were there. Just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, well, look, oh, look what we just found here. We found a little bag of something. Oh, well, yes. not my yes. child. My child would never oh, do my something. My child would never do that. No, we found a, a white dude. And the only reason why I'm bringing up white is because he was in a predominantly black project. Mm-hmm. Family's like, oh, we don't know why he was there. He must have taken <laughs> a long turn. Well, let's not talk about the crack cocaine that we pried out of his dead, frozen hand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. oh, sorry. Oh, I'm no, sorry. that's okay. No, I, I think that's, it's something that's completely accurate, though. Like, it's it's just amazing because, you know, you say that and it's like, I have no problem with you saying, calling the victim, describing the victim, or not the victim, but, but describing the person that they found in those ways, right? It's like, it's a white victim. It's an Asian yeah. victim. It's, it's a black victim. Like, those yeah. are descripting terms. Like, it's just like, that's... How we do it? Like, am I going to look and, and, and am I going to have in my regular everyday conversation and say, oh, well, you know, my one black friend, you know, they said, yeah. it's like, no, we're not going to say that. We're going to say yeah. my friend. But if you're using yeah. it in a way to try and talk about someone that's committed a crime or especially if like, imagine if we lived in a world where if someone was on the run and we couldn't say, oh, well, the victim is or rather the, the perpetrator is black or is white or is Asian. Like, imagine if we could say, oh, we have to be PC. We can't. That shouldn't matter. It's like, OK, how are we going to find them? Well, there's six feet. OK, yeah, there's a lot of six yeah. feet people out there. <laughs> that doesn't help yeah. us much. No, I mean, if we showed up at a scene in a predominantly black project mm-hmm. And there's some white dude laying in the middle of the street. Yeah, our, <laughs> he, lives in, he lives in the hometown. So it's like, he should know the neighborhoods. Yeah. Uh, no, there's a specific reason why you're here. Yeah. Oh, well, he and was just going to spread the gospel message. The gospel. He's going to be a and, and, you know, the cocaine in his hand, I mean, obviously it's because he took it from a drug dealer trying to say, no, change yeah. your yeah. life. Change your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm sorry oh it's fine it's fine uh mr roy what you been watching in quarantine life the past month uh not much i finished up some netflix stuff um i finished up um medal of honor 
Okay. Um, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably the best episode would probably be episode five. Mm-hmm. With, um, it's a guy named Vito Bertoro. Mm-hmm. He was an army guy that um, initially got rejected in the draft in World War II and then kind of got in being a military police guy. And he basically single-handedly defended off a German battalion wow. for like 30-something hours. It was insane when you Damn. when you read up on them. Yeah, that was a really good episode. There's some that are kind of – you could tell that the budget for that TV series is kind of bad. Like one of the episodes, it looks like they just went out in the middle of a farm and <laughs> set up some sandbags. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. Isn't this a show that, you know, it gets to a point where it ends, like the credits roll, and then it keeps going for like 20 minutes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I never mentioned that last time. Yeah. yeah just out of nowhere. It's, it's strange because you can – um. When you watch it on Netflix, it's it's um it's got that skip function. It skips over those credits, mm-hmm. but when you continue to watch it, all of a sudden it goes into the twenty minute behind the scene deal. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, it's it's really strange how the format is for that show. Okay. Then um, I also watched um, Extraction. <laughs> oh, what are your thoughts on it? I, I heard that some people say that they like the action. The story is okay, but the ending is not that good. Yeah. Um, I basically had those feelings about it. Okay. Um, yeah, the action is really good. The cinematography is actually really good. Okay. Um, it does have a little bit of shaky cam, mm. but I mean, but the way the camera moves in and out of vehicles and stuff, it's really good. Okay. How they filmed, how they filmed it. Yeah, the story's rather simple, and the ending's kind of meh. Mm-hmm. But the action's um, good. I, the action's very good. Okay. Yeah, I feel like then, uh, I feel like that can make up for bad movies. Like, as I was mentioning, uh, I, w- I was watching that you know the Ip Man trilogy, and I feel kind of the same way. Where the action scenes are really great, but the other stuff is is kind of mediocre. But you know what? I still watch the movies, and I'd watch them again because of those fight scenes, right? I think Extraction probably will fall into a similar boat where people say, you know, what? I want to see those action scenes again. Yeah, I guess I have to watch the movie to do that. But hey, it's a, it's worth it. And I saw a little critical of the um, shaky cam because Chris Hamlet's stunt work looks really good mm-hmm. when you watch the, the behind the scenes yeah. uh, videos on YouTube. And it's kind of sad because, I mean, you see that a lot of Hollywood movies where they, they use shaky cam when quick cutting to hide stunt work, yeah. bad stunt work. Mm-hmm. You, you see a lot of that in Jay Abrams' films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The name that shall not be spoken. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's bad work. Yeah. It is. <laughs> No, no, yeah, absolutely. And, and I feel like, too, when it comes to that, you know, it's one of my least favorite uses of camera in all of cinema and television because, yeah, you're right. Like, it, it's done solely for the purpose of trying to hide stunt stunt teams, stunt men, stunt women, and uh, bad, you know, bad stunt work. As yes, you're right. You know, it's, it's basically – that's why one of my favorite uses of stunt work has been, like, the Daredevil series on Netflix because – it's one of those things where it shows you everything and that makes you appreciate it a lot more because you have the teams then doing actual good choreography where they have to account for the camera being there where with shaky cam, it just takes so much away because literally there is, you can do, you could basically, that's what could, you could make a person like Clint Eastwood at his age, look like a badass fighter with shaky cam. Like it's like, okay, you're convincing me, but it's also so annoying because of shaky cam. I don't want to watch it. So, yeah, that's why I go back to like old Jackie Chan movies because they hold their cameras and their shots, and yeah. it just looks way better because you could tell the stunt guys can actually do their stunts and actually yeah. fight. Yeah. 
And I always appreciate, too, whenever they have actors do their own stunts. And you can always tell whenever it's a steady camera that does not, you know, pull away from their face or, the, you, you know, there's some of the worst ones, though. There's been times when movies have used like slow-mo shots of people doing flips and they CGI the face and it just looks so abysmal. I remember, I think it was in Kingsman, they had a scene or it was a second one and the guy's doing like a flip in the air. I think it's like, a, oh, what's the, what's the elder British man that's a very good actor that's in Kingsman? Uh, I hadn't seen the King's he was in the, the film, he was in the King's speech as well. Colin Firth, oh, okay. Colin Firth. Uh, but anyway, okay. so Colin Firth is supposed to be doing a flip. Obviously Colin Firth cannot do that. And so they <laughs> basically CGI his face onto this body flipping over and it looks really bad. Um, yeah. do you want to see like one of the worst ones? Um, there's a movie that Steven Seagal did with, um, George St. Pierre. Oh boy. And, the fight scenes on YouTube is one of the worst things you'll ever see in your life. Oh, it's, Lord. Hilarious. it's hilarious, but it's really bad. Is it, is it like a CGI issue or is it like choreography? It is quick cutting uh, and shaky cam as worse. Cause it's trying to hide the fact that Steven Seagal, I believe he's in his six, late fifties, early sixties mm-hmm. and he just can't move. That fast. <laughs> he's really, he's really overweight too. And it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I love when there's movies where you can tell it's like not them doing it. And it's, Oh yeah, it's. I love when I think it actually works though. It's interesting because something that can be so lazy and so like just bad cinematically can also work very well as a comedic element. Like there's a show that you know the clip I show of the I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. There's several scenes when they are doing all these stunts, but they don't hide the fact that it's stuntmen, and so they'll do the quick cuts to make it look good, but then all of a sudden they'll do like a fade shot and they'll slow down so that way you can see the stuntman's face and it's like clearly not the person doing it and it's just, oh, it's so funny. So, but yeah, I wish that they used it more with comedy than what they've been doing recently with just bad action. Are those um, Kingsman films worth watching? The first one. Uh, The first one's good. The ending, like there's, the last scene is just kind of, for me, a little grotesque and not funny, but... Okay. That's just a personal preference, but everything else with it is actually fun. The second one, not so much. Okay. Yeah. I have to check those out. Yeah. So you watch Instraction, and uh, you watch uh, Medal of Honor, the series. So you'd recommend both? Yeah, I reckon that um, if you don't have time to watch Medal of Honor, at least watch episode five. Episode five. Okay. And it's it, it, each episode focuses on a different Medal of Honor recipient, right? Yeah. Um, there is one up. This is part of the um, budget cutting. What there's two episodes that are based on the same event. So you could tell that it's filmed on the same set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think it was out. I think it was an incident out of Afghanistan where two different um, soldiers got the medal of honor in the same battle. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Wow. That makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty. I mean, overall, I enjoyed it. But I, don't, I don't know how anyone else is going to react to it, mm-hmm. I mean, especially if you start seeing some of the episodes where they, you could tell they kind of cut the budget on what on on the, on the sets and the yeah. Well, I think that with, with that kind of show, especially, you're watching it for the stories. You know, you're watching it for learning more about these people that don't get the attention that they probably deserve to get, and you know, finding out more about them more so than. The, the, the sets and everything else that surrounds it. Obviously, those all help to make things look better, but you know we watch it for the heroes, and it's it sounds like a really great show because it puts the light on, as you mentioned that in episode five, that guy who held off an entire, was a German battalion for 30 hours? Like, that's... It was 30, 40 hours. It was, the same, wow. it was over two days. That's just insane. You know what? And I, 
because of my mind, in, you know, with my ADD and everything, like all I can think of, it's almost like a real life story of, you know, Inglorious Bastards, how they make that propaganda film of the German soldier holding off all of the Americans from that one tower. Yeah. You know, that's like, in my mind, it's like, it's like a real life story of someone doing something like that, but instead they're uh, an American soldier instead. Yeah. He, yeah. It was interesting. He was initially rejected by the track because his eyesight was like really poor. Wow. So he had to kind of talk himself into the military. I mean, it, it's kind of crazy mm-hmm. that someone like that, just, he's just a normal guy. He's not some, you know, macho man that, <laughs> you know, you know, big army dude. He's yeah. just a normal guy like you and me. <laughs> wow. Those are better stories too, because it's like, it shows you that it's not about the muscles. It's not about, you know, looking the part. Anyone can be a hero. Like it, all it takes is the willpower of a person. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously you have to have some level of skill and training. Like anyone does for, for a lot of things, but I mean, you don't have to be a superhero to be a hero. I think is the yeah. point of that. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Uh, anything else that you've been watching? Uh, I watched two Studio Ghibli films for the first time. Oh, all right. I love me some Studio Ghibli. What were the two? Um, Poya. Okay, I've actually that's one I haven't seen. You had seen Poya? No. Uh, it's basically uh, it's I think it's based off the Little Mermaid. For what I've what it felt like. Okay. It's beautifully animated. I mean, I, I loved it. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything for you. Yeah. I, mean, I, I recommend watching it. Okay. Very cool, yeah. Poyo came out. I was just gonna say because there's always a case that maybe it inspired Little Mermaid, but I don't think this is the case because this one came out in 2008, uh, so yeah. long after the uh, original animated. Obviously, the Disney version is based off of obviously other stories too, like Disney likes mm-hmm. to do. But okay, so Ponyo, kind of like a Little Mermaid esque. Uh, I'm assuming there's yeah. no singing though, which some might uh, favor. Nah. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, what was I'm the not, other one? I'm not, yeah, I'm not big on musicals. Yeah. But <laughs> Uh, I'm probably gonna butcher the name. Uh, no, that Escasso or Natasha of the of the Valley to Win. Oh, Nausicaa. Nausicaa. Yeah. Nausicaa. Sorry. Okay. And I might be pronouncing it wrong too. Yeah, that's one that's been on my like. I have it, and I I I, I don't think I I don't think I own Ponyo, but yeah, Nausicaa is one that I do own because it was on sale, and I just need to watch it at some point. So, how'd you think about that one? Uh, I've really liked that one too. Okay. Um, I really I really recommend it. Um. Yeah, it's like um, Princess Mononoke, mm-hmm. but I think it's probably going to stir your chat up. I think it's better. Oh, okay. Well, I think it's uh, a controversy. Yeah, I know. Hypernext 13, <laughs> I think it's Hyperin that is very passionate about Studio Ghibli films. Um, so he might have some opinions uh, on that choice. But yeah, I like Mononoke. I like Princess Mononoke. It's a good film. I was, I, yeah, I, I love it too. Yeah. I, I, I love how, though, like, that brings up a good point. I love how people say. I like this better than, and then people hear it as you hate that movie. Why do you hate it? It's like, I didn't say I hate it. I just said that this is better. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think the better phrase, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed it better. I don't think it's objectively better. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's like, but we don't have to, it's like, we don't have to break it down. Like we can have enjoy more enjoyment for one thing over another without people having to, you know, have a cow about it. it's like it's okay it's okay if i enjoy something better than you and it's, it's fine there's no need to go crazy with all this Very true. <laughs> yes indeed uh anything else that you've been uh i finally finished uh watching the ten commandments <gasps> and what'd you think i really liked it nice and this was the yeah. later version or the earlier one yeah it's the 
1956 version. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, I watched the. Uh, I think the first half of the silent film, and then it got into it got past the yeah. actual. Mm-hmm. It went into some weird. I don't know. I just found the silent version kind of weird. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because the Moses part is only like 30, 40 minutes, mm. and then it goes to the contemporary, which would have been set in 1920s mm-hmm. version with the two brothers. And I think that's the reason why DeMille wanted to remake it and focus more on Moses. Okay. Yeah, yeah you could tell because it's four hours of Moses. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> yes! Hey, when you spend 40 years in a desert, I mean, that's a lot of... <laughs> it's a lot of ground to cover. <laughs> yes! yes. Yeah, I've never seen, because I've mentioned it before, I, I've seen the, uh, you know, I've seen the, I was, I was going to say live action. It's like, well, they're both live action. I've seen the non-silent version before, you know, the 50s one. And I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Like, I respected it. Uh, and obviously, Greta, has, as you all know, she's usually in the chats every now and then, Greta Zenner. Uh, she, we actually watched it together in theaters. Uh, and she, I think, enjoyed it much more than I did, because I found some of it to be boring, because, again, it was definitely longer uh, than the typical movie. Um, but I still appreciate it for what it is because it's definitely a very well-made film. No question about it. Absolutely. And that's, it's funny because uh, when people in trivia, they'll say, what did Charlton Heston win an Oscar for best actor for? And everybody goes, oh, the Ten Commandments. It's like, no, he won it for Ben Hur. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't it amazing though that Hollywood used to make films that were based off of religious concepts and those would actually get rewarded? And nowadays it's like, yeah. can't, Nope. All these faith-based yep. movies and they're terrible. And it's like, why can't Hollywood make a good faith-based film anymore? Yeah. There was a movie that um on the Buddha that um Keanu Reeves did that I actually found really enjoyable. Really? Um, Ke- what got me was when you say Keanu Reeves, because at first I'm like, oh, okay, this is interesting. But then you say Keanu and I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I don't remember um I don't remember how long ago it was, but it, I would say it was in the nineties. Interesting. And it, it was an interesting, uh, interesting uh, movie about because you don't see a lot of movies about Buddhism, obviously. Ninety three. No. Uh, it's called Little Buddha. That's no, it. I, I liked it. Yeah. What? Interesting. There you go. Add that to the list, Odin. Add that to the list. <laughs> I've never heard of this. Inner Space, and then Little Buddha, and then Little Buddha. <laughs> Bernardo Bertolucci. Is the one that it's made it. It's a beautiful it. movie. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I think Hollywood. Didn't Tina tell us that Hollywood used to be far more conservative than it than it is now? I, I think a lot of the studio heads they were immigrants and mm. they were so happy to be in this country that it was like we want to try to spread this happiness. It's not saying that they weren't tyrannical. Yeah. In many ways, but I yeah I think like. I think I mentioned on one of the chats, uh, Samuel Goldwyn, his original name was Samuel Goldfish. And, but he was an immigrant. And I think they, yeah, they want to spread that America is a wonderful country. Come here. Look, look how well we've done. And I think that they were a whole lot more patriotic. Yeah, especially when World War II kicked in. It's a 90s movie and he still doesn't know it. So it's not even 80s anymore. Hey. What is that? <laughs> Now, 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 uh, channel, channel stream crosser, crosser, miss excommunicate, 
<laughs> Miss Excommunicata. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh slant, that's right. When when you said Bertolucci, yeah, I was like, isn't he the guy that did the Last Emperor? And he, he yeah, that's it. Okay, nice. Yeah, um, I. I just lost my train of thought. So um, <laughs> it happens. I, I had a, a senior moment as as we call it. So, Mr. Roy, had we we just finished. No, you said you finished. All right. Going back. Scratch that. Reverse it. So we had just finished talking about Ten Commandments. That's what we were talking about. I was like, Lord, where did my mind just go? Uh, Sorry about that, Mr. Roy. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> we do that. We tangent. We tangent. We do. We come back. We tangent. We, we come back. Right. And I try to find back. it. I find it. I try to find it. But sometimes this this old brain of mine can't can't quite handle it because ADD is a uh, is a fun thing sometimes. You call your brain old. You're younger than I am. Oh, as I have an. It, I have ADD brain, so I think it just makes my brain. And I'm older than you. <laughs> As I just say that, I'm like, where did my dogs go? I see Willow. Okay, so River is behind the boxes next to the mirror. So it's. I was like, where did she go? Oh, she's cuddled up next to the mirror, like a diva. Uh... <laughs> so what exactly is uh, going on with Voltan there? He's uh, kind of. Naruto running there. Exactly, yeah. Uh, some say he's Naruto running. Some say he's flying. Uh, others say that, you know, he's doing other things, which I, I don't agree with. Is but... he diving? Yes. Dive. Dive! I think that is absolutely uh, what he's... So let me go... Oh, yeah. There we go. Now he's diving even more. Actually, I think I might even be able to lift him up. There we go. Dive! Uh-oh. Boom! Uh-oh. Perfect. As everything, as you're seeing everything on on a delay, so you're like, oh, now I now I see him touching it. Now I see. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Mr. Roy, for for sharing what you've been watching. Anything else that uh you want to? Uh, uh, I watched uh, the first season of One Punch Man. How was it? It's really good. Okay. It's probably one of the few animes I recommend to people because I'm. I'm not really into animes, mm-hmm. but that's a. I think it's a really good one. Isn't it like more mainstream, so like more people could probably get into it? Yeah, um, I don't call it mainstream. It's it's kind of wild, but it's yeah. I mean, I, sometimes I get it. I try to watch animes, and it's just, a, just this isn't my kind of stuff. I like to watch. Yeah, but One Punch Man. I've kinda, heard a lot about that show. Yeah, it's a lot of people. Yeah, it's probably one of the best ways to do like a Gary Stu kind of character and make it work. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm assuming the concept is he has one punch and it takes you down. Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> what so I was like. That's funny <laughs> that you mentioned Gary Stu because that's that's when I heard about it. Somebody did a video about how to do a Mary Sue character, mm-hmm. and yeah. they brought up One Punch Man. So it's interesting. Hey Hollywood, you can do it. It can work. Just gotta that's be scary. Creative. Um, supposedly Sony's supposed to be doing a movie based on the anime and oh, no nobody likes it, the idea of that. <laughs> I am so right now with Jeremy and the others on my view of Sony and the companies that work with them. Oh, Gord. Yeah, I mean, Sony's already in enough hot water, you know, with all the crap with Naughty Dog and everything. So, yeah, Sony, don't touch animes, especially because usually I don't think there's been a good live action adaptation of an anime. I could be wrong, no. but... Just look at video game anime ones, even. 
Yeah. Look at what they did when they tried to touch Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. I will argue that Mortal yeah. Kombat is one of the greatest video game adaptations <laughs> of all time. Now, that's not saying much because there haven't been many good ones. Like the movie sucks. <laughs> the movie's fantastic. Bad. The movies. Fight! Oh, it's so good. What's that? What is that from? That's from the movie. It's the soundtrack from Mortal Kombat. I'm sure at some point in your life you've probably heard part of the soundtrack for it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's like it's this like techno, like, oh, it's great. I love Mortal Kombat. And guess what? Yeah, is it bad? Yes, objectively it is bad. Is it a good adaptation? I don't really know. But uh, is it funny and entertaining? Damn right it is. Wasn't uh, was it Anita? At least you admit it's a bad movie. Yes. <laughs> Just like The Room is a bad movie, but I still thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, wait, what was that, Laura? <laughs> oh, isn't Alita? Was Alita anime or no? Yeah, but it wasn't Set- quite as it was. They still used some of that technology to create some of the anime effects. They didn't go fully live, which did help. Yeah, well, also, I, I don't know what the difference between an anime and a manga is, Like, but I'm assuming there's got to be some differentiating factor between the two. I'm one's assu- the animated, one's the book, but yeah. I'm, assume, yeah. I'm assuming that anime is when it's originally the show, like it's not based on anything else, and manga is when it's a book instead. Is that like the difference between the yeah. two? Okay, that makes mm-hmm. more sense. So basically, three times. What was that? That's what I said three times in a row when you kept interrupting me. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I didn't hear you. Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm gonna play it now. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, but just also, don't forget. You, you know, have no choice but to declare you excommunicado. <laughs> yeah, you're excommunicado. So uh, anyway. Uh... <laughs> Uh, getting getting back to it though, but yeah, I mean it's it's you know the talking about Mortal Kombat is bad, but yes. So uh, Laura, getting back to your point, so Alita is technically a variation of a manga, um, which is so. It, but however, there is an anime version of the manga that existed prior to the live action movie. Now that you're confused, wow. okay. now that you're readily confused, uh, there it is. <laughs> I'll have to Google that later. Yeah. So ba- yeah. So basically, for those that are still confused, manga means it was written. Basically, it's like a cartoon. However, don't ever say cartoon yeah. because that's offensive. But basically, in modern oh, day, it's a it's a cartoon. Yeah, it's essentially a cartoon, right? So uh, the manga, it's like in a book form, like we'd read in a comic or a graphic novel. Then the anime is when it's a TV series, normally or a movie based off of something else or put into fruition, and then yeah. Then there's live action. And I'm sure people are still confused, but I'm sorry. Uh, it's the best that I could do. I tried to explain it. <laughs> so, okay, it's like this. Um, okay, um, you know, okay. It's like this. I don't really know it, but I'm going to try to explain it because I'm um, okay. <laughs> exactly. So it's like when the thing goes with the thing and the thing. Of the, I feel like it's, I feel like that's like a Bill Cosby routine. Well, you know, anime is when you put the thing over here with the thing. You're welcome, everybody. That's my uh, that's Bill Cosby. That's my Bill Cosby. Yes. <laughs> we put the fling with the flop, but a float, but a pudding. <laughs> you got to put the pudding in the thing. Yes. 
You're welcome. All right, getting to the chat. Uh, before we move on to Tina, uh, getting to the chat for a little bit. Stephanie B says, no confession next week, though. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that a lot of priests and bishops have kept going is, is confessions, but they've been doing the social distancing. So basically, you have to do confessions six feet apart, which means people that are waiting probably have to be further back. So that way, it still remains private. But yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that, though. Uh, let's see. We have a lot of comments. Uh, CF Productions is here. Says, speaking of unrealism, how about this? In Freddy versus Jason, oh boy, one of the main characters' mother is stabbed to death by her father. Yet the police rules her cause of death via car accident. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> so once again, in Freddy versus Jason, the main character's mother is stabbed to death by the father, but the police rule it a car accident. <laughs> wow. What a town to get away with murder in. That's good. Uh, and that's one of the many reasons why Freddy versus Jason's not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. Nathan Slay, the Academy really needs to recognize the stunt work more often. I agree. Um, and for those that are not aware, the Academy has made two major changes since quarantine. One, they are now going to allow for films that go directly to streaming and don't get a theatrical release to be considered for Oscar consideration. So that's a big change for next year's Oscars. Um, also, there's a very big chance that you could actually even see the Oscars get delayed a year, which I think would be a first in history. Um, maybe since World War II at the very least, I would imagine. And also, the other major change, though, is the fact that they have now done away with the two different sound categories and now it is one sound category. So you used to have sound editing and sound mixing. And I know that for people that don't pay much attention, like they would say, oh, well, what's the difference anyway? But when you think about it, is there a difference between someone editing a film versus the person that is the actual, you know, putting together the sounds in a in a movie, right? Obviously, there's a difference there. So the sound, so. you don't think so? I think so. Yeah. Really. I think so. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think any person that's a sound editor or a sound mixer will say, we're not the same. And for you to now say that we're no different, uh, I think that's going to hurt a lot of people. I think a lot of people are going to be upset about that in the sound industry, especially. So stupid. I know. I know. It's like of all the things, really, like you could like, let, let's talk about if you're going to get rid of a category, there's one category that deserves to be get rid of. And it's called best original song. <laughs> and the reason oh. why is because lately, the last 10 years or so, all that an artist needs to do is say, oh, I want to write a song for your credits. And they do that, and then it gets nominated for best song. So a credit song that adds nothing to a movie can get recognition. But, oh, we can't distinguish between a sound mixer and a sound editor? Oh, okay, Academy. Talk about songs that actually really fit the story, you know, like my anniversary movie and my wedding song. Well, yes, right? Because uh, Princess Bride, right? Yes, because the ending credit song really did fit the story. It was really, really was written about what they went through. Yeah. Nowadays, though, the songs are just, they're garbage. Still crap. <laughs> yeah. It's like, look, best score, okay. If you want to make a best soundtrack, okay. That, that, I would actually think that's fine because score and soundtrack are not the same thing. They, there's a distinct difference between those two. But it's like going after editors. I don't quite understand that. But yeah, Nathan Slay, I would say, and here's the bigger problem. Now there are only 23 categories at the Oscars. And you know what that means? Can't do Oscar bowling anymore. For anyone that did still watch the Oscars. Basically, if you were to say every category 
is worth a certain amount of points. There's 24 uh-huh. categories. So you get your 24th pick right, you get 24 points. And all the oh, way down. So basically, the more confident you are, the more points you give it. So if you get all 24 categories right, you get 300 points, which is a perfect bowling score. Now, now they can't do that anymore because there's only 23 categories. Hmm. So yeah, add a, uh, add a stunt category because they deserve those recognition. Uh, CA Production yeah. says... Wait, say that again. Yeah, I'll probably get rid of the documentary categories, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> they... I- they yeah. don't really have anything to do with anything, any of the other rewards. You don't mm. see a documentary get awarded for best sound or best editing. It's it's just they're kind of shoehorned into the ceremony. That is a fair point. I do think, though, that documentary-style filmmaking is very unique. And so that's why I think it does deserve its own category because of that reason. But, yeah, I can understand that. Uh, I think when you start to get into documentary, short subject, uh, documentary, like there's all these different designations. That can kind of become convoluted. But I've always kind of, you know, even though I think the Oscars have become crap over the last several years, I I, I still respected the categories for the most part, except for original song, because it's just because. Yeah, I mean, the two of the best documentaries I can recently remember had didn't, didn't get nominations. Um, yeah. They Should Not Grow Old and Apollo 11 didn't get nominations. Yeah. 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 It, it is really sad to see. <laughs> yeah. Suicide Squad is an Oscar nominated film. <laughs> oh my god uh, the transformers how many drugs were they on when they decided that well again oh they got it for they got the nomination for hairstyle no uh co- no was it costume and makeup or something so it was one of these like random obscure categories where there were only three nominees and it was up against star trek into darkness and uh oh. a man named ove i think is what it was called i think oh. it was like a foreign language film those are the three movies. Oh. Suicide Squad won. <laughs> wow. Okay. But also, it's because of these tech categories that Transformers, the franchise, has more Oscars than some of the greatest films of all time. <laughs> my head just split. Yep. Leaving my head on the wall here now. Yep. Pathetic. In fact, let me uh, let me see if there's uh, any information about that. Yeah. So. Uh, Transformers has been nominated. So in 2008, the first Transformers film got nominated for three Oscars. <laughs> what what three Oscars? Uh, best visual effects, best sound editing, best sound mixing. And this is why they probably did away with sound. Oh, I see like, what you did there. Yes. <laughs> we nominated Transformers. We got to get this. We got to put it into something else. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my lord! Yeah, because what is? Uh, let me try and see Academy Awards. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Oh boy! So here we go. Uh, so it actually, so good. It actually, no Transformers film has ever won an Oscar. Uh, however, awesome. out of all of them, there have been seven nominations at the Oscars. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, all three, the first three Transformers films, all got nominated for sound mixing. And then Dark of the Moon, which many consider the worst of the first three, got also a sound editing and visual effects nomination. So I honestly, I've seen them all, and I couldn't tell you which one was which. I, I know, me too. Dinosaurs. <laughs> they all Thank just you. blend together at this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't bother to watch the rest of them, because you watch one of them, you've seen them all. Pretty much. All. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. No question about it. <laughs> Larry Larry says, Kingsman sang Louie Louie. Louie, 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 Louie. 
Uh, Thanatos Felicitas says the fight scene in Team America World Police was amazing. Puppets, kung fu fighting. Yes. Uh, there's also a lot of other things uh, that puppets do in that movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any bad but this, this is a family show, so we're not going to talk about that. Thoughts uh, <laughs> in my head. <laughs> Larry Larry says Alita Rollerball was cool. I agree. Uh, it became a little CGI heavy for my taste, but I do think that it was handled for, you know, best as it could. Oh, then when they start doing Rollerball for real, they won't have to use CGI anymore. <laughs> I love how whenever I'm critical, like slight tangent, but hey, that's what we do here. Uh, yeah. So during Aquaman, like my... my- <laughs> <laughs> which I know Tina's going to love talking about. That's about man candy. But no, no, it's not even about him. It's not even about Jason Momoa, right? But I, whenever wow. I'm critical of the CG in that movie, I always say, I think the people and the underwater effects look really good. Like, I think they handle that very well. But all of the yeah. animals, I think, just look really fake. And so people will say, well, what do you expect them to do? Use real <laughs> sharks and such? And I'm like, No. I don't expect them to do it, but there's a way that you can limit the CGI use. The fear would be more realistic if you used real sharks. Yeah. It's like, yes, I Tom want... Tom Cruise could do it. <laughs> yes. I want an... I want an actor riding an actual shark. That's what I want. All right? But it's like, it's wow. so funny. It's just so funny because people are like, they're like, what do you expect? It's like, Oh, no, I'm not expecting that, but the CGI can also still be bad. Both things can be true at once. And when you say that, I understand. I just love joking with you. Well, when they get the seahorses to do it for real, then we'll see. (laughs) I want to see Jason Momoa on an actual little seahorse. That's what I want to see. Do these sharks have freaking laser beams? Attached to their freaking heads. (laughs) No, uh, all that we could afford is uh, sea bass. Um, but wait, oh were they ill-tempered? <laughs> they're <laughs> mutated sea bass. <laughs> and of course, they're ill-tempered. <laughs> oh, well, that's a start. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, what a great I series of films. Well, <laughs> shark. if you want realism, I I don't know how accurate this story is, mm-hmm. but supposedly Cecil B. DeMille wanted a real octopus for the big fight scene at the end of one of his movies. Oh and people were like... <laughs> Mr. Vanille, I don't know if that's going to work or not. And so they ended up getting a, you know, a rubber one for John Wayne okay. to tackle. Yeah, but it's kind of probably a good idea, you know. <laughs> it was the mill. <laughs> <laughs> it must all be real. Like if he had done Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, he would be like, "We need to find an actual giant octopus, yes. like an actual giant giant squid, and yeah. <laughs> have it attack an actual submarine. We need it. We need that to happen." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's uh, great. Uh, Hunky Chunky Funky Monkey says Stephanie is a hero. Yes, damn right she is. Um, let us see. Uh, Larry Larry says Ghibli on HBO Max. Yes. So for those unaware, uh, HBO Max is now T minus three days from launch. So on the twenty seventh, it will be launching. Uh, I already have HBO now, so I, I think that it's either going to transfer or I'll have to choose to transfer. Either way, I'm getting it because all of Studio Ghibli's movies are going to be available on HBO Max. So yeah. Yeah, people get confused, but uh, from what I've heard, um, the HBO Max thing is exclusive to the U.S. Mm, so for now, if yes. You're, yeah, so if it's international, it's on Netflix, I believe. 
Yeah. So yeah, basically, the, and that all comes down to dis- the distribution deals. So what basically can happen is every country will have different deals. So that's why Netflix, for example, in uh, Europe is going to be very different than what it is here. And that's why some people use VPNs because you can say and trick your computer to thinking that you're actually in Germany and Germany has access to certain films or television on Netflix because of the contracts that you don't have in the United States. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can understand why there would be confusion because here it's going to be on HBO Max. But as you mentioned, in some countries, it'll be on Netflix. And I've got to get that set up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to figure out the whole VPN thing. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, I, I use ExpressVPN when I can. Uh, I technically have an affiliate link. I don't think I've made anything from it, though, because I don't <laughs> promote it. And I, at the end of the day, I'm like, hey, do whatever you want, because, you know, all VPNs essentially do the same thing. And there's some good ones for good prices. There's even free ones that do some stuff. But, yeah, uh, there are ways, apparently, where you can make Netflix believe that you're in another country and get access to a variety of things. Yeah. Uh, oh, Super Chat just came in. Latin- Latino Slant. Thank you for the $5 Super Chat. Uh, he says, Odin, Polly here. Here are a few bucks for doggy treats. We just lost our fur baby. Aww. So these treats are from our pumpkin. Oh, well, Latino Slant, I'm so sad to hear that, man. And I, yeah, I've, you know, I haven't lost any, like, of my own yet as an adult. But, you know, obviously we grew up in a family full of pets. So we've lost two cats. We've lost... You know, three or four dogs uh, over history. One turtle, uh, hamsters, you know, rabbits. But it doesn't matter what the animal is. We, you know, they they feel like family, you know. And I know that for my two puppies, like, you know, one's really at my feet right now. And she is adorable and I love her. Um, But we love them like like kids in a lot of ways, you know, or like siblings or, you know, like little people. And it's just, yeah. So I'm so sad to hear that Latino slant. It's never an easy thing to go through. So... Hope that you're doing okay. And yes, they will get they will get plenty of treats today in honor of your pup. Uh, let's see. Uh, CF Production says Ten Commandments or Prince of Egypt. If you would make me choose about which one to watch right now, Prince of Egypt, and the only reason why it's shorter. <laughs> I agree. Oh my god, <laughs> Tina, I don't have time for that. So. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that, Tina. I get that for 90 minutes. I can't watch. <laughs> well, uh, I've not seen Prince of Egypt. I'll have to watch that. It's Oh, it's a musical and it's great. The it's sp- actually one of the better <laughs> ones they've done that basically since the 80s that involves biblical anything. Yeah, I believe it's a DreamWorks early. It was DreamWorks right around the end of the 90s to early 2000. It was right before I went to Job Corps and it's actually one of the better ones they've done yeah it's it was back when they did 2d animation it was a 1998 film and it's an animation hour and 40 minutes so well within my time frame tina and uh (laughs) and i mean and also just just so that you realize because some people might not realize this val kilmer does a voice in this movie and sings. and patrick stewart and ray fines uh voldemort does a voice um, and sings. What I was going to say is going back to something I shared with you before. If you remember Jonathan Young, the one I had you listen to, the metal versions he does of songs. Mm-hmm. He actually did a metal version of their soundtrack. Huh. It's really good. And actually, uh, Laura, I would recommend trying. I would listen to the opening song because it's so epic and awesome. Like it's this is reminiscent of old school animation when the scores would have just be beautiful and amazing. Like I'm thinking back to, you know, one of my favorites of all time, Hunchback. 
of Notre Dame has one of the best soundtrack, like one of the best scores of a film. You go back to old school, I would say Hercules would also be one of my favorites of all time as well. And it's, it's even more epic than those, I would argue. Yeah, it was funny. When I went to Disneyland uh, the last time, I was specifically looking for Hunchback merchandise. And the lady in the store, she was a huge fan, too. And yeah. She was like, you just can't find it. And if you do ever see it, grab it because it's, it's very rare. Yeah. And you know, what the sad thing, you know what the sad thing, too, is that they're eventually going to make the live action version and then they'll have stuff. And it's going to be like, <sighs> not the same. Not yeah. the same. Uh, Larry, Larry, I hear oh, I hear music in the background. Who's playing music? Uh, yeah, my uh, that's okay. It's here. That's okay. <laughs> it's no, here. it's no problem at all. Also, I saw your comment about how you said nobody knows how to knock here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like, hey, you know, I need something from you. I'm just gonna open your door and come on in. <laughs> Hello. Uh, but yes, CF Productions. I would pick uh, Prince of Egypt at this moment. Uh, Larry, Larry says it originally had an intermission. Yeah, a lot of films. Back in the day, definitely had it. Um, all right. Chat jumped on me, but let me try and get so many things. Uh, Alex McCarthy says, the Ravens are greater than the Oscars. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Trying to grow it every year as much as we can. We will not shy away from the 24 categories. I will have you know. Uh, Rosetta, Rosetta then calls me out and says, I went nuts. Hmm. Uh, speaking of crossing streams, Orange Hat is on. Orange Hat Reviews. Excommunicate. You know what I gotta say to you, Orange Chat Reviews? You leave me no choice but to declare you excommunicado. There it is. There it is. Excommunicado, Orange Chat. You heard it from I the man himself. What was that? This time I was the dark. <laughs> <laughs> was the dark. <laughs> <laughs> yes, now you've become your worst enemy. Uh, let us see. Uh, Tina, thanks for letting her know how to contact me. Slice of Neon says, Alita and Detective Pikachu. Uh, both great. Um, Hybrid X13, no, no, Odin, Dragon Ball Evolution is better than Mortal Kombat. Yes. Oh, if you've never seen Dragon Ball Evolution, it is one of the worst adaptations of all time. It's <laughs> terrible. Honka Chonka, Funka Monkey. What's going on, UK brother? He says, Doom was a great video game movie. Mortal Kombat is only good for the soundtrack. It's also a funny film, too. But I would argue, ah, I didn't think Doom was that great of a film. However, there is a great line in Doom said by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Because uh, he's like, Semper Fi, mother effer. And it's great. <laughs> he like channels his, his inner Samuel L. Jackson during that moment. And it's fantastic. Tell me constantly to swear less. <laughs> That's why I said F and not something else. But I wouldn't say it that way. I know you wouldn't. Uh, Larry Larry says manga, then anime. Yeah, so we figured that out. Uh, Nathan Slay, SM3 is a guilty pleasure movie for me. SM3. What's SM3? Uh, Bruce says most of all, most all anime start as a manga. That's what I figured. Um, Larry Larry says two hundred miles per hour classic Cosby. <laughs> what? Uh, Nathan Slay, what's your favorite movie you have to suspend disbelief for? I feel like almost all movies you have to suspend some sense of disbelief. I mean, anything sci-fi, especially. Um, off the top of my head. I would say keeping in the realm of sci-fi, uh, Blade Runner 2049. Why not? Uh, Larry, Larry, Michelle Yeoh had her own stunt team in her movie appearances. Oh, okay. And I think that she's one of those persons where she actually like gives respect to her stunt team. I always love whenever I, like people and actors get recognition and win Oscars and they always thank their stunt teams. It's like, that's someone I can support. 
Mm-hmm. Slash of Neon's best end credit song was Last Goodbye by Billy Boyd. Uh, dislike the Hobbit trilogy if you want, but he's an underappreciated talent. Yes. At first I was like, Billy Boyd. Ah, yes. The person from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, I love his. He sings a few things, I think, for end credits for that franchise. And they're all great. Oh, wait. I didn't realize that. I have to go and check that out. Yeah. Uh, he's got a great voice, oh. too. I love when he sings in. Oh, was it? Was it Two Towers or Return of the King? Return of the King because Ret- he kept saying to, uh, oh, shoot, what's his name? Who was the High Lord over uh, the White City? Oh, yeah. He was the Steward of Gondor. The Steward of Gondor, yeah. yeah. And, oh, my gosh, it's just so beautiful. Uh, Nathan Slay, why was Black Panther nominated for Best Original Score? I don't even remember the score. Why was that movie nominated for a lot of things? That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to mm-hmm. say. Rob D, they need more categories just like best line in a movie. Ah, you're talking about the uh, Wednesday Raven Awards there. Yes, I agree. More fun categories, I think, are better. Uh, Larry Larry, cartoons used to be an Oscar category. That's correct. Remember, cartoons were only made for movie theaters back before TV. Yes, uh, cartoons back in the day, they were like the pre-show. Like, they would mm-hmm. show them, and they were actually, obviously, very adult. Like, there was a lot of violence, uh, a lot of other things in there, because most people seeing movies were adults. And, yeah. Fun facts. And, uh, and if you want to go back even further, back in the day, movies used to be used to not really be an art form. They used to be just basic entertainment. So there were these things called Nickelodeons. You've heard of the, the channel Nickelodeon, right? Well, a Nickelodeon is actually something where it costs, you know, nickel, right? It costs five cents. You'd put it in and then you'd put your eyes up to this uh, little, uh, I guess, like binoculars, you could say, or some type of viewing. And you would watch this little short film, this silent little short film. And that's how movies really started off before they were actually put onto larger screens. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Fun fact. They have some of those at Disneyland. Do they now? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I think they have it at Disney World, too. It's in, like, a Disney-centric store, and you get to watch old Disney shorts, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I've done that before, actually. And I think they even have a sign that says it's Nickelodeon, which I think is a nice nod to movie history. Uh, Larry Larry says, use Bruce from Jaws. Ah, yes. That's a great shark. Bruce from Jaws. I agree. Alice McCarthy, the merfolk looked real in Aquaman. You mean when they were all cheered during the fight and it looked terrible? You mean that, uh, those mer people? Uh, Glenzer, Candyman used real bees. Really? I've never seen Candyman, but using real bees for anything? Wow. I wouldn't do that. Uh, Larry Larry says, now we'll become Max. Glad to hear that. Uh, Larry Larry says, VPN can let you see many things in different countries. Yes, absolutely. Uh, It's one of the reasons why I use it Uh, every now and then. JKD Buck says, will season two of The Mandalorian, a.k.a. The Person DeLorean, be woke? Uh, There's no indication that it will be at this point. I think it really depends on what directors they bring in and if they decide to bring in different writers, right? Um, but based on what we've seen so far, I think it's going to have a lot of fan service, which some would argue is not good. Some would argue is I'm kind of in between if it's fan service done right, it can work. Um, if it's fan service with no story or background, well then obviously it's, it can be problematic. But I think based on everything that we have gotten so far and hopefully fixing some of the issues from season one, because I do think there were problems in the writing, uh, which Favreau was mostly in charge of, then I think it, it could be pretty good. So I'm I I have hopes, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. Um, Odin likes Three Stooges shorts. Says Larry. Larry, I I like Three Stooges. Great stuff. I like Three Stooges. Classic. 
Um, all right. CR Productions and sometimes animations went a bit beyond child-friendly. There's an animated short where Porky says, son of a biz niche. Ah, what? There is a scene of Porky saying a curse word. Um, did he go, son of a... Because that would be fantastic. <laughs> or I wonder, too, I wonder if they gave him a stutter to, like, censor him. Like, where it normally would have been... That would be hilarious if back in the day, Porky was, like, this cursing, like, just, like, always saying terrible things. And then all of a sudden, like, they they try and, like, PG him, and they do that by giving him a stutter instead. That'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, they just say, which do you like, Bruce from Jaws or Bruce from Finding Nemo? Who would you swim with? Um, Bruce from Finding Nemo, because he's a friend to fish. Uh, Bruce from Jaws would kill me, so... Um, that's pretty simple. All right, Tina, I, I know you've got a lot of things that you've been watching because she is our resident film historian. <laughs> so Tina, what you've been watching? Main thing I've been watching is, uh, Prince of Oak Island on Hulu. I got hooked on it watching history channel. And at first, I thought it was going to be some, you know, horror show, but no, it has been fascinating. Uh, they don't know what they're going to find. And they've been at it now, I think, for seven seasons, but there have been people digging on this island for like 200 plus years. And I mean, it's, it's all kinds of history figure, figuring into it. Were there Vikings? Were the Knights Templar? Uh, so it's been really interesting. So I would, that's one of my recommendations. If you want to start um, binge watching a TV show, I would say Curse of Oak Island. It's definitely up your alley. And you said it's the Curse of, of what island? Oak, Oak, Oak Island. Oak Island. Okay, I gotcha. Cool. Oak Island. And they did. Um, a live feed with the people involved a couple of weeks ago because with you know the virus and everything it's like they don't know when they're going to get back to the island to start the digs again so mm -hmm. uh but uh, yeah I, I would most definitely if you want a tv show that's based in reality uh that would be one of them okay and that is also movie, that could also be called island that would kill odin yeah because I, I i have a well only because i have i'm not allergic to many things but oak pollen is like my weakness so oh <laughs> dur my during the spring there i'd probably be like <sighs> like just not be able to breathe at all <laughs> oh my gosh but as far as movies i'm gonna start like with my two and a half stars and then go up to my top movies so okay. um I saw a 1907 real short movie based on Camille and it looked like they just set a static camera up in front of a stage and filmed some people. Huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, I saw a 1910 version of The Wizard of Oz. Oh, wow. And uh, it was like 18 minutes and they even threw in some extra characters for... Uh, <laughs> Uh, they even threw in some extra characters for um, Dorothy. Okay. And so it's a short movie, and I guess maybe they they had considered making it uh, a musical because even though it's silent, every now and then you see people like they're singing and they're dancing. Oh, and I'm like, it's 
silent movie, folks. Nobody knows what you're thinking about. So, uh, that is a great criticism, oh. by the way. Like, because because they'll have the cards up and it'll have like music tone and it'll have like the, so, yeah, the exactly. lyrics, but it's like, what's the point of doing this if what's we can't hear point? it anyway? Yes, <laughs> and I had seen this movie before. There's a channel I had to write his channel name, uh, Cult Cinema Classics, and he will upload uh, a lot of older movies, cult movies, uh, like from the 50s, old sci-fi movies and like that. And uh, the other week, he uploaded Becky Sharp from 1935, which is based on Thackeray's uh, Vanity Fair. It is the first Technicolor movie ever. It's not that good of a movie. (laughs) 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 Even though they were in the sound era, everybody was shouting. And uh, even when they were whispering, they were shouting. And it was kind of funny being in the live stream because we're all watching the movie live as he's uploading it. And several people were like, wait a minute, I recognize that voice. And I was like, yeah, that's Glenda the Good Witch, Billy Burke. And that's Dr. Watson from the Basil Rathbone Sherlock Holmes movies, uh, Nigel Bruce. And they were like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, now I know who that is. So uh, like I said, not a really good movie. The big thing about it is that it was the first Technicolor movie. Okay, my three-star movies. Uh, Saw, seen this many times, uh, Phantom of the Opera from 1925 uh, with Lon Chaney Sr., one of the finest actors ever. Um, Odin, I mentioned last night, I saw a Kubrick movie. That yeah, wasn't one of the Kubrick which one? We're talking about. Lolita. I've I have never seen it. Never seen it. Lolita is, oh my gosh. I think it got banned in a number of states because it's about a middle-aged guy who falls in love and has a relationship with a prepubescent girl. Mm. And it's based on a novel by Nabokov. And I always remember that because in one of the songs, the sting wrote for the police, there's a line in there about the old man from the book written by Nabokov. So I always remember that. But James Mason is in it. My mother hated James Mason. She said he had some of the worst teeth she had ever seen on an actor. <laughs> and uh, he is just so sick mentally, how he gets obsessed with this girl. Yeah. And the girl plays him. And Peter Sellers is also in it. And you're not quite sure where Peter Sellers' character is going in this movie until the end. Well, you the way Kubrick does it, it's like you see the end at the beginning and then you're like, what the heck brought all this on? And then at the end of the movie, you see it repeated. So now you have the whole middle to explain why it all turned out the way it did. But it's an interesting Kubrick movie. Uh, it's I would not say it's one of my favorites. Full Metal Jacket's my favorite, but it's just kind of interesting, and especially since he had to censor so much from what I understand was in the original book. Mm-hmm. So, um, what else did I get to see? Uh, oh, uh, someone had uploaded a very, very beautiful version of The Son of the Sheik from 1926, hmm. which stars my number one dead boyfriend, Bruno Valentino. Why is he the number and- one? 
oh my god the man is he's not only had talent but you look at him and it's been 80 years and he if you're a hot-blooded woman you look at him and go (laughs) oh my god look at him look at him he's not only beautiful but he's talented so where would you where would you rank him against jason momoa Oh no, Jason's <laughs> nothing up there. Oh my God, you see, you watch Valentino Tango in Four Horsemen from the Apocalypse, mm-hmm. and you can see why women just. Oh my God, just, <laughs> they rioted at his funeral. Really, there were ten thousand people that showed up. They had him uh, laid out in New York wow. before they took his body back to Hollywood. There was a freaking riot. Wow. So basically his funeral was like a Beatles concert? Pretty much. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Wow. Seriously, pretty much. Pretty much. Wow. And uh, I heard on a documentary they said men hated Valentino, but they loved Gable. So when their wives or girlfriends fell in love with Gable, they could understand it because Gable, Gable was Gable. Mm-hmm. But Valentino Italian had that way about him. No, men hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Son of the Sheep is the sequel to the movie that really kind of set him up, The Sheep. Mm-hmm. And he plays two roles. He not only plays Son of the Sheep, he plays the original Sheep, who would be the dad. So you see him in the aged makeup. And then you see him in the scene playing the son. So that was kind of cool, but it's technically considered his, his last movie. Okay. And uh, so I, yeah. And, um, oh, his birthday, I had to look it up. His birthday was May 6th. Oh, wow. Okay. So recently. Yeah. And, uh, but no, I've, you know, I've gone on websites or even YouTube where they show clips of him doing the tango and for his horsemen of the apocalypse mm-hmm. and you see women posting there my god that's that movie's like almost a hundred years old and he still got it wow so yeah he, he beautiful actor i've all i've always loved him okay now my three and a half and above movies <laughs> <laughs> for the upcoming time saw starlock 17 okay that it's such a great movie um watch gladiator again 20th anniversary. I cannot believe Gladiator is now 20 years old. Uh, I watched uh, Wonderland, and which is kind of interesting because you all were talking about Val Kilmer in, earlier. I think that's one of Val Kilmer's best roles. Um, I would rank it right up there with playing Jim Morrison in The Doors. Okay. Would you also rank it and, up there with playing Batman? I never liked his Batman. <laughs> It was it was a joke. It was. Uh... Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, seriously, I never liked his Batman, and yeah. I barely got through that movie. My mother was like, "Oh, you gotta see Val Kilmer in this," and I was like, "No." You know what the best part of that movie is? It's at the Mm-mm. it's at the very beginning, and he's with the security guard, and the security guard is freaking out, and all of a sudden the security guard drops this line, and it's, "Oh no, it's boiling acid." <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> and just the way he presents it and says it, it just makes me laugh every single time. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I got through the part where uh, Nicole Kidman uh, puts up the bat signal mm-hmm. and he shows up, and then she starts taking off her coat and <laughs> all of this. And I was like, he needs to just back backhand her. <laughs> She's a freaking 
fucking psychopath. <laughs> so what's with all Wonder- this violence, Tina? <laughs> I'm sorry, but Wonderland yeah. is based on a true story. The Wonderland murders uh, out in Los Angeles back in the eighties. Val Kilmer plays John Holmes, who is a porn star. He died of uh, died of AIDS, and they were i think he was tried as an accessory to this multiple murder in this apartment it had a lot to do with drugs and everything he was acquitted they still think he had some involvement in it and if you saw the movie boogie nights the character the Wahlberg plays was based on the actual john holmes character hmm. so uh I hadn't seen that in forever, and I was like, when I saw it come, it was on uh, Pluto TV, and I was like, oh my god, I haven't seen Wonderland in ages. Uh, if you can get a hold of a physical copy of Wonderland, uh, in the behind the scenes and the special, um, you know, the extras, they have the actual crime scene video from the scene, which interested me because on murders we always did videotaping as well as photography. And um, the lead detective on the Wonderland case was Philip Van Adder, who later went on to become one of the lead detectives on the O.J. Simpson case. Oh, wow. And I I thought that was kind of interesting because when he introduces him, this is Philip Van Adder of the Los Angeles Police Department robbery homicide unit. And I started going, oh, my God. So... (laughs) Yeah, it, it is available on Amazon for anyone that's interested. Uh, Val Kilmer, Kate Bosworth, uh, Lisa Kudrow. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, Lisa Kudrow, I didn't even recognize her. Yeah. She is very plain in the movie, but she plays Holmes's. I think they were separated, mm-hmm. but she plays his wife. She's a nurse. He shows up at her on her doorstep one night, and he's covered in blood, and she's like, John, where'd you get all this blood? And She's trying to clean him up and everything. And she says, wait a minute, you're not injured. Where did all this blood come from? Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, but anyway, yeah, really good movie. So, Starbucks 17, Gladiator, Wonderland. Okay. I also got to see Reds again. Okay. Uh, when did that Reds, one come out? Okay. Reds came out in 1981. Okay. It was nominated for Best Picture. Uh, Raiders was le- nominated for Best Picture. I said if Raiders can't win Best Picture, I want Reds to win because Reds was an outstanding epic, mm. and neither one of them won. <laughs> now, Warren Beatty won Best Director, yeah. so when he did, I was like, okay, it's a shoe and Reds is going to win. I'm good with this if Raiders can't win Best Picture. And they gave it to Chariots of Fire, which I don't even know if people even talk about Chariots of Fire anymore. Except the fact that it beat other movies like i think that's like the context exactly. of talking about that movie is oh well it was up against these excellent films and it these movies, <laughs> exactly <yes. laughs> but it is um yeah it's over three hours there's an intermission uh but it's about john reed who was an american journalist um he went to harvard at the same time as the patriarch of the kennedy family old oh, man uh, joe kennedy and uh, he and his girlfriend, Louise Bryant, were socialists. Uh, they were in Russia at the time between where you had the czar who abdicated, then you had like a provisional government, then the Bolsheviks came to power. So they were there at the time when Lenin, Trotsky, 
Trotsky and the Bolsheviks came to power. Mm -hmm. And Reed wrote a book called uh, 10 Days to Shook the World, which I think was made into a movie by Sergei Eisenstein. Mm -hmm. And um, but Reds is excellent. Uh, Maureen Stapleton won Best Supporting Actress. Uh, Jack Nicholson is in it playing playwright Eugene O'Neill. Um, so, I mean, if, and like I said, it has a, has an intermission in there. <laughs> so if you're for a three hour movie about communists in love and communists going to Russia and yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and it, also uh, Laura does make a good point, uh, talking about the music from chariots. It is pretty iconic. Uh, the music is. Yeah, it is. Because that's something that has been used in a lot of like, uh, memes oh and has God. used in a lot of just comedy stuff. And it's great. Yes. Yes, yes. And while, uh, and while I have a moment, uh, Will Gentry, uh, thank you for the $15 donation uh, via Streamlabs, man. Thank you. And he says, boom, 150 hours exactly. Have your usual 10 cents an hour payment rate. Well, thank you very much, <laughs> Will. I appreciate that. <laughs> Bravo, trolling you, <laughs> And Latino Flats said, man, the ending of Red's wow. Oh, is it, it good? Uh, it's really good one uh it's not the very end but there's a moment when uh oh and diane keaton played louise bryant his mm-hmm. girlfriend mm-hmm. uh where she's at the train station waiting for this train to come back where uh the communist party they have been out kind of you know spreading the word of communism across asia and everything and she's at the station with the other women waiting for you know the party to return yeah and you see all of them coming off the train and she's looking and looking and looking for jack to come off the train and she sees the bodies being carried off and she's spoiler warning yeah well everybody knows jack reed is the only american to be buried at the kremlin i didn't know that yeah yeah, you just so spoil everybody because- who actually has any knowledge. Knows <laughs> this is that. true. Absolutely, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> I just try to. And- I just try to troll saying, "Well, I don't know anything about this." You're just spoiling everything. For I'm kidding. You're spoiling but- <laughs> everything. <laughs> well, you know what happened with the Soviet Union, and I mean, there are things in the movie where they are even questioning what's going on. Yeah, you know, and but no, it is such. And Lucino is right. It is a great love story, even with all the communism thrown. <laughs> You know, but, even the communism, uh, I mean, there's, you know, some communism in there, but it's, it's fine, you know. It's fine, <laughs> and I think somebody joked um, at the Academy Awards, they called it Commies in Love. So. Oh, <laughs> it sounds like a Mel Brooks movie. Commies uh, yeah, in Love. Exactly. Commies in Love. <laughs> so uh, I saw, watched it because it was the 80, it's 82 years old this month, The Adventures of Robin Hood with Errol Flynn. Olivia de Havilland, Basil Rathbone, and Claude Rains, and it's such a wonderful movie. I just every time I see it, it's like I hear Corngold's score, and you watch it, and when <laughs> when they capture them in Sherwood Forest, and he makes that swing from one tree to the other and says, "Welcome to Sherwood, my lady." I'm just like, "Oh my god!" That <laughs> <laughs> I had to watch it because with it being yeah, 82 years old, wow. and the most recent movie I saw was Friday Night, and that was Midway. That's right, yeah, because uh, you won that in one of the giveaways. Mm-hmm. Over yeah. on uh, through subscribe star and Patreon, so 
how how do you how do you think of it? I haven't seen it myself. I I enjoyed it, and the one thing I really liked was that unlike the Midway movie from the seventies with I think Henry Fonda mm-hmm. and Charlton Heston and a cast of thousands, you didn't have all these B, C, and D subplots. Mm-hmm. Or oh my God, Pearl Harbor, mm-hmm. where it was like I just kept sitting there going, "Please let the Japanese hurry up and attack!" And <laughs> please. <laughs> please. Oh. <laughs> Put, put us out of our mercy with Ben Affleck and Josh Harnett, but don't hurt what's her name because oh. I like her. I like <laughs> That's when you know things are going bad. When, when Tina's asking for the terrible event in history to happen in a movie, it's like, oh, you did something wrong there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's on her cat attack today. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it was just, oh my gosh. Yeah, Rhaegar's right. Pearl Harbor was bad because they tried to make it a love story. Yeah. And that's, that's true. That's still one of the issues that as much as I love Titanic, the love story is like, it's there. I know they're trying to make us feel for these people, uh, but it's like, yeah, that kind of detracts from everything. But no, I really liked Midway because it hit the point. You saw a lot of things from the Japanese point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was telling Stephanie, that's the war I grew up on. Because my grandparents went through that war. Mm -hmm. So they talked about it all the time. My grandfather worked for uh, the old quartermaster over in southern Indiana. He said there were Japanese officials that came there for a visit. And we're talking about, no, we get our oil from the United States. We don't want to fight with the United States. We like the United States. And then a couple of months later, Pearl Harbor happened. So that's the war. I told Steph, I said, anytime I say the war, I'm talking about World War II. (laughs) Not about anything recent. But the movie (laughs) itself, that's what I like. There weren't all these extra, uh, oh, the love story. And it wasn't all this extra stuff. It was Pearl Harbor. What we did in response to that, the Doolittle Raid, uh, setting up Midway, trying to find out the Japanese code. That's what I'm interested mm-hmm. in. And the way it was shot where you feel like you're sitting in the planes watching them aim towards the Japanese carriers. Yeah, that's my kind of war movie. Yeah. The one thing that surprised me, and I had to go look it up because I was like, this could not have happened. They had one of the greatest directors of all time featured in this movie, John Ford. Mm. And I said, John Ford was at Midway? I go look it up. John Ford was at Midway. He was there just kind of filming the soldiers and stuff. Wow. Had no idea that the attack, this attack was going to happen. Yeah. And so he's actually out there filming our planes and the Japanese planes. And I'm like, that is freaking amazing. I had no idea John Ford was there. Do you know if, you know, seeing that he is a director and likely, uh, I don't know what kind of, you know, back then, of course, it would have been standard to be filming with maybe like 24, uh, you know, rather, sorry, 35 millimeter print or something, or even 16 what? millimeter if it's a personal camera. So I'm wondering, do we have John Ford's footage and has it been uh, yes. given like a 4K scan? Because I bet that that stuff would look really great if it got a like an actual legit scan. I'm not sure about 4K, okay. but this morning I did look and YouTube does have it. Okay. Wow. They do have the footage available because I was just, like I said, I was floored. Yeah. 
knowing that he was there when this happened. And John Ford, one of my favorite directors. So I would say Midway, it's not a perfect movie. Mm -hmm. It's not the great escape. It's not the longest day. But not having a love story. And you see a love story in there because a a couple of these men have wives. One of them has a wife and a child. That's different. I don't mind that. But when, like I said, in Pearl Harbor, Half the movie is about this lame love triangle, mm. and then we finally get the attack. That's what I don't like. Mm. So yeah, yeah I, I would definitely recommend it. So those are the movies. Great. So it sounds those like to movies. me that you just hate love stories. That's what I'm getting from this. I don't. I don't, I don't hate love, <laughs> love stories. Just not in my war like... movie that had no love story in the first place. <laughs> No, I love romance stories. I know, I know. And I love love stories, but <laughs> yeah, just don't interfere with my movies. Exactly. <laughs> there was also there were some great comments when you were talking uh, about that uh, as well. Uh, let me see if I can uh, find some of them. Yeah, sixteen bit mascot said, "Yeah, that was Titanic too. Just sink already." Yes. <laughs> It's like, dear Lord, let's let's, let's cut all this. No, that was Titanic too. All the other stuff was just dull and stupid. Oh my God. <laughs> the the ship sinking and the deaths was entertaining at least. Somebody I mean, actually counted how many times she said Jack in the movie. Oh that God. was my daughter did that. Really? They had a big whiteboard and they, they she was obsessed with that movie for some reason. Yeah. And they had Jack and Rose on one side of the thing. I have a picture of that somewhere where they went through and counted. Oh, oh my god! Uh, it's like, it kind of reminds me of like a modern day stuff. You know how uh, in all the Transformers movies that Shia LaBeouf's in, he yells Optimus like every single movie and every yeah. trailer. It had him yeah. going Optimus. That's that's like Optimus. Rose, Jack, Rose. It's, it's Optimus, Jack, Ray, Ray, Ray. <laughs> Have you seen? There's a trailer out there for a sequel to Titanic. And it takes cuts from different movies, and it actually looks – it actually kind of looks pretty legitimate. But it's funny, though, because they, they totally use those those uh, cuts of him yelling, Rose! Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, funny. Rose, Jack, Rose, Jack, 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 Jack! So. <laughs> Optimus! Optimus! Ray, Ray! No, I can – I appreciate Titanic on <laughs> – that got me. <laughs> I appreciate Titanic on a certain level because I I got to meet Dr. Ballard at mm. a historical society convention. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Ballard is the one who discovered the Titanic wreck site. Ah, okay. I got to meet a survivor. Uh, she since died, but mm. it was so cool meeting her. Um, I met the historians who worked with Cameron on the movie and mm-hmm. said they think he had them on speed dial because <laughs> he would just call them up in the middle of the night and go, uh, yeah, do you think I should include the dog scene in there? Because there is a time as she was getting ready to go down that they let the dogs out of the kennels. Aww. And people said they saw the dogs running across the deck. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad he didn't have that because it would have tore me up. Oh, yeah. And um, so, yes, CAF production, I did meet Bob Ballard. Uh, it was the convention, the Titanic Historical Convention that was held in Springfield in 98, I think it was. And uh, I met Melvina Dean at the convention in uh, 99 that we had in Denver. 
And that was their biggest membership because they were coming off the popularity of the movie. But uh, yeah, yeah. It was, oh, look at her. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Dad. Dad. Dad, give me attention, I, please. Uh, I, I couldn't be near you, but you're cute. <laughs> but that's, uh, oh, no, I think that's it. I, I, you know, the movies I mentioned that are in my, like, <laughs> Stars and above. Aquaman, Titanic, crossover. <laughs> <laughs> where, Aquaman, where Aquaman saves the Titanic and keeps her from going down. I say that could be a part of our alternate character history. There you go. Yes, CAF production, Mel- Melvina Dean, too. Yeah, and that woman, oh my God. When we, I got to meet her twice. I saw her again in London in 2000 when they had their convention there. And she was walking faster than the rest of us. And she was like in her 90s, I think, at the time. Plus, she had a boyfriend. I'm like, oh my gosh, this woman, oh my gosh. I just thought that was hilarious. Sorry, River just got uh, caught up in my uh, headphone wire, so enjoy watching that. Um, <laughs> you're not the only one getting mauled. I know, but ooh, look at her. No, you're not the only one getting mauled. Oh, look at the kitty. Oh, with the She's meow. Like, oh. <laughs> hey, uh, not, the, not the shoulder. <laughs> um, by the way, I think, Tina, for your first, for your first video... You should do a supercut of all people yelling names in movies because that whole sequence of Rose, Jack, Rose, Jack, Rose, Optimus, Ray <laughs> was oh my perfect. Oh my god! Uh, let's see. Let me go back. I, I I need to step away. You all keep at it. I need to step away for a moment. Okay. My timer's going. I my thought I heard, done. I'm gonna say I thought I heard an Alexa in the background. So. That's, that's it. I'll be right back. I was like, did I set something? Uh, poor dog says Rhaegar Targaryen. A bunch of awes in the chat for River. Yeah, she's a cutie. And I love her. She, yeah. <laughs> it was like, pretty girl. Yep. Yeah, she yeah. is. And she she knows it too. And she's like, yep. I'm the best. Mm-hmm. She just likes sitting in my lap sometimes. It's the weirdest thing. Uh, Puppy Odin and his dog is a movie romance. Says Geekimus Prime. CF <laughs> Productions remake Titanic so Jeremy can say. <laughs> Car video. Car video. I don't know how that would work on that Titanic, but maybe. Um, really? River, what, 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 is your, what is your end game here? Ornery, chill. She's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here. And poor, poor Willow's on the ground like, hmm, dad hates me. Why? Meanwhile, my cat's like, hey, that dog's getting more attention than I am. That's not allowed. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, Nathan Slay, they should do a crossover video of every time the woman screams in Temple of Doom. Uh, oh, Mrs. Miss future Mrs. Spielberg is going to get the gossip, so. Oh, is that some of the gossip we were talking about earlier? Mm-hmm. Because he was still married to Amy Irving, who I always thought was a very charming actress. Yeah. And then the next thing you knew, he was fooling around with Kate Capshaw and divorced Amy Irving oh and married God. her. <laughs> wow, so, that, that's, 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 that's interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. definitely descriptive, Will. Holy crap. And uh, that's kind of like Harrison Ford went from his college sweetheart, who mm-hmm. he had married, and ended up with Melissa Matheson who was a uh, script girl for Coppola and then also wrote Black, uh, Black Stallion and E.T. 
he ended up with her. And then the next thing you knew, Ford was with uh, the stick gal from Ally McBeal. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the stick gal. <laughs> yeah, and uh, in, in the chat, Amir Jeremy says her goal is to be the cutest pup on YouTube. Yes, I think that's yes. absolutely the case. Yes. Will Gentry then says it would go sync video sync video for that crossover <laughs> that's terrible uh and then gigamus prime says do a scene from titanic where you play jack and river plays rose ew no what no gigamus get out of here with that nonsense uh as larry larry says buffering i'm sorry if there's any buffering i think you're the only one that's getting that so far uh but with that in mind let's go ahead and go around the horn with any uh final comments anything else that you want to mention uh, before we end things, we've been going for almost three hours, so it's been oh a... Oh, my God. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? Uh, time flies. Um, so let's go ahead and let's go back uh, with... Starting out with Laura. Laura, anything that you want to add or talk about before we head out? Uh, I'm kind of excited about the new website from Geeks and Gamers. Mm. It'll be nice to communicate with everybody without... Uh, having to utilize twitter yes i agree for sure it's going to be then, so much better oh yeah thank you and then i shout out I for know, uh, uh, happy dinosaur too. 8000 with his, uh, <laughs> he's got a new channel he's he's got a channel he's been oh, promoting he is a sweetheart. he's uh, been so supportive of me for so long everybody a chomp chomp in the chat happy dinosaur chomp chomp wait so <laughs> wait he, he has a website is what you said Oh, Chomp Chomp has a uh, Happy Dinosaur has uh, he does movie reviews. So. Oh, oh, okay, I got you. So he he just started channels, what you said? Um, yeah. Okay, His gotcha. YouTube channel. Nice. Well, congratulations, man. Go support him. Anything else? No. Wait, what was that? Sorry, you broke up a little bit. Missed everybody. Yeah. Oh, I was saying it's just good to be back, and I miss talking to everybody. Yeah, so I missed it too. Always fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm so glad that you know, for the most part, no dogs barking in the background, which has been cool. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm in my room, so they're just all. Uh, I feel like chilling. Right yeah, now. I feel like most of the it's time. Hot today. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like sometimes you get like you get pushed outside, and uh, <laughs> and then you have to deal with all the dogs barking at the neighbors and everything. So I'm glad that you were able to be inside and enjoy it how's the weather out there right now anyway with everything going on it is gonna be hot 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 oh and no I hate hot weather so yeah. Ugh. no thank you but no the, the wife had to work this morning so it worked out perfect oh nice so other than the dog somehow getting their gator back you know <laughs> i don't know i don't know how that happened it was just so funny to hear the but squeaks she again up at like 4 30 this morning she was getting ready and i was like what is happening she's like oh you can do your odin stream now and i'm just like oh, okay <laughs> I'll, I'll forgive you for waking me up at 4 30 on a sunday oh no that's that's way too early <laughs> way too early on a sunday you say as i've been doing 5 a.m hikes yes Ugh. that's also way too early oh well <laughs> but, sunset light, but sunset and sunrise lighting are the best lightings for pictures. Is it really? You get really good reflected colors off of everything, so it really huh. makes the shades of the animals pop. Okay. I always assumed that it would be like high noon where there's like the most light. Uh, it can get dicey because either it gets really gray, in which case it washes out, or it gets really bright, in which case it washes out in a different way. Hmm. The more you know. Uh <laughs> 
I honestly didn't know that. So, Laura, thank you so much. Uh, anything else before I move on? Uh, no, uh, actually, I probably have to drop because okay. the, there's uh, stuff happening here. Oh, there's stuff <laughs> happening. Oh, no. <laughs> It's good to see you. Well, it's great to have you back, and I hope... I wasn't meeting you. I wasn't meeting you, Orly. <laughs> and, uh, and I hope that you enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Absolutely. everybody. I don't know what I'll All right. I'll talk to you guys soon. You have a good one. Bye. Bye. All right, Mr. Roy, what you got for us? Uh, Not much. Um, I'm just going to... Really, I ain't got nothing. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> like I've said everything I want to say. <laughs> any, uh, I guess, maybe YouTube channels that you want to plug? Any projects that you might be working on or anything? No, nah, not much. I'm just sitting around waiting for, you know, get back to work. And, okay. Yeah, um, I'm probably going to watch, let's see, Waco. I, mm. And a couple oh. other things. So I really want to watch Death Note. Okay. That'd probably be about it. I mean, yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh, and Mr. Roy, is that the uh, Death Note, the anime, or the one that Netflix did? Uh, no, the anime. I've heard the Netflix. Oh, thank God! <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, I heard the Netflix one is really awful. Yeah, I hear yeah, it's a terrible adaptation, and it's just not very good to boot. So, yeah. oh. all right. Well, very, very cool, man. Uh, always great to have you back. So, thank you for being here. No problem. Uh, Rosetta, what you got for us? Other than being nagged by the kitty for attention. <laughs> oh, and, uh, you know, totally streaming when I was streaming yesterday. Well, sorry. <laughs> That's all you're getting from me. <laughs> I'm going to get that done with the book soon, so cool. I should have the mailing list up to pay attention. Um, I've been streaming with Dark Gift Comics, Anthony, on Monday nights on his channel, he does open mic for fandom menace and comics get people to come show off their talents. Okay. Nice. No, no fits. And uh, what is your streaming schedule oh, for your channel? Uh, right now it's other than Thursday nights, I do Star Trek panel and Friday nights. I do promo for comic creators and artists. Nice. Other than that, not a lot right now, other than when I can actually get time because of how crazy everything's going right now. Mm-hmm. So probably your next stream will be the next time I stream, is what you're saying? Maybe. Oh, I know it. Uh, but yeah, please keep us posted on the book. And then as soon as there's any uh, links up for that, of course, we'll, we'll share it. And then if it's up, especially by the next time we have a stream, we'll, of course, promote it. And unfortunately, uh, anything else that you want to add before I... Um... I don't know. I've barely slept in five weeks. Oh, well, go get some sleep. That's what you really need. Get some sleep. Uh, But I was also going to say that, uh, by the way, uh, Darkstar57, Randy, could not be here today. I don't know why uh, he was planning on being here, but he is the one that was working on the shirts uh, that had Duck Fizney on them with the little duck with the suit. Oh, those are awesome. And it's fantastic. We've seen them. Uh, They look fantastic. Uh, He's trying to get things set up so that he can start to sell them. I think he is sending one out my way, so I'll, of course, wear it as soon as it gets in. Uh, They look fantastic, though. So as soon as that link is available, I'll also share that out, and then hopefully he can be on the next stream, so that way we can have two people that we can try and help promote and get get y'all stuff out. So with, of course, Rosetta and her book uh, featuring... So it's just going to be featuring Eagles? 
This one's going to be eagles. Okay. I'm going to do one for swans. And then after that, I'm going to actually try to do a collection of some of the absolute favorite prints of all the different animals and eras. Okay. Nice. So it'll be getting there. I just, I had to start with eagles because I've had this um, nagging request from about 200 family members wanting an eagle book for mm-hmm. about the last year and a half. Nice. So I'm going to get it done in time to have the family ones printed to take home in the early fall when we do the year memorial for grandpa, which is tribal tradition. Okay. Very nice. Well, I hope everything goes well with that. And please, of course, keep us posted. Uh, and also, uh, oh my goodness, my mind. Anyway, it's, <laughs> this is why I always cut off my streams that usually for when it's just me. Uh, at an hour and a half or so, because my brain gets fried very, very quickly. So, uh, uses excuses always. Uh, so Tina, what you got? Anything that you want to end us off with? Yeah, I'll just, uh, just read this this morning. It's kind of sad news. Mm. I'm very sad news. Uh, Annie Glenn, the widow of astronaut John Glenn, one of the original Mercury astronauts, yeah. passed away from uh, the virus. Oh, no. And uh, I was really sad to hear that. Um, I would recommend that everybody, if you have never seen it before, get the right stuff, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. But it's about the Mercury 7 space program, which was our first program. It's also about the great Chuck Yeager, who was the first man to break the sound barrier. Mm. And... um, I would highly recommend getting the movie, but you see uh, the relationship that John Glenn has with his wife. She had a a speech impediment, so she was very shy about it. Mm -hmm. And there's a scene in the movie where Vice President uh, Lyndon Johnson pretty much wants to burst his way into the house because... uh, Glenn's uh, flight had been called off and he's like, I'm going to go in and, and comfort her. Like, Glenn had died and she says no I don't want him in the house I don't want to be on television and Glenn kind of puts his foot down and it's like I don't care who it is I don't care if it's even the president of the United States if you don't want to talk to them you don't have to Mm. and it's such a touching moment in the movie because you see how devoted they are to each other so if you've never seen it go I mean, rent it. <laughs> I said go because the year it came out, I used to sit in the theater and I was the only person mm. other than the projectionist that was watching it because wow. it was such a wonderful movie. Yeah. Uh, the Tom Wolf book is excellent. Uh, it really made me see what pilots go through and what, I hate to say what men they are, but you know what alpha men mm-hmm. they are. And then seeing the movie and Chuck Yeager, who was attempting something that had never been done before. They had made attempts, had failed. And to see him do break the sound barrier the way he did. And he was just like, he didn't even know he had done it. He was just like, well, the needle broke <laughs> 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 on the speedometer. I don't know what happened. You know, and it was like. You broke the freaking sound barrier, man. That opens up the space program for us. Mm-hmm. So, but it's a great movie. Uh, Scott Glenn uh, plays Alan Shepard. Uh, Ed Harris, fine actor, mm, plays I love Ed John Harris. Glenn. Um, oh shoot, that's actually uh, that's actually perfect casting too. Ed Harris to be it John is. Glenn. He made such a good John Glenn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lance uh, Henriksen 
I think played Wally Shira and then went on a few years later was in Aliens. Mm. Veronica Cartwright, who was in the first Alien movie, is I think Gus, yes, she played Gus Grissom's wife. Mm. And so, yeah, I would say if you haven't seen it before, get it. Um, it's very realistic. Uh, shows what we went up against, especially since we were going up against the Soviets. But yeah, I'll mention that just because Annie Glenn passed away mm-hmm. this week. So well, there you go. Nice. Well, rest in peace, Annie Glenn. Absolutely. And uh, always great to hear uh, your recommendations because, again, you're an encyclopedia. So uh, <laughs> you should, again, start your own channel. But, Maybe one with day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but with that, let me go ahead and just read some comments before we, before we sign off uh, for the day. Uh, let's see. Hunger Chunky Funky Monkey says, challenge Orange Hat to a ladder match for crossing the streams. That is harsh right there. I love that idea. That is quite harsh. Uh, Dean High says, I guess JJ or Bruce are going to be sending you some wireless headphones because <laughs> uh, River was getting caught up in it. Uh, I mean, I could technically uh, connect it in a different way. It's just this is the, the best way for me. And normally River isn't up here. It's only uh, on occasion when she is. But uh, let's see. Whereas, whereas Ornery does that to me all the time when I'm on your stream. This is very true. Uh, Nathan Slay says there should be a crossover video of every moment MJ screams in the Spider-Man trilogy. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, let us see. Hunker Chunky Funky Monkey says she had me on stream, so it was a dumpster fire. <laughs> was it a dumpster fire? Is he talking about last night? He just says uh, she had me on stream, so it was a dumpster fire. That's what he said. I, that, I would think that would be talking about last night since he was on most of the stream, okay. but um, I don't have good short-term memory, so right now last night's kind of hazy. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, I I totally feel that because I have bad. Uh, I have really bad short-term memory as well. Uh, let's see. An open mic. Uh, Rhaegar Targaryen says, OMG, an open mic on live stream? That has to be interesting. Wait, what? Are you talking to someone what else? What I said about art gifts. Oh, oh, okay. I got you. Um, he does them. Ramblin' Canuck does them. I do them. We kind of have fun with it. Yeah. It's just come show off, have fun, sing, do stories, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Kathy Wink. Fun. Nice. Kathy Wingster says, I only came here for the clout. Hi. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's there's my troll. Uh, ever since Brad went away, Kathy Wingster has taken on that mantle, and I always appreciate it, man. So thank you, Captain. I always I always love your comments. Uh, they, I don't think I you enough anymore. They that slay the duck Fisney shirts should have Donald Duck on them. Um, it's 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 a standard duck, and I think it actually uh, you don't want to go into too much copyright infringement because then uh, fair use cannot protect you. So uh, it's actually a really great shirt, though, and it's it's fantastic. I cannot wait for them to be shared with everybody. Um, and then let's see. Gigamus Prime, Tina is a thesaurus of knowledge. This is very true. Facts right there. <laughs> and I believe that's it for as far as comments going. And, and Tina Bojan mm-hmm. had made a comment earlier that I remember. Somehow I remember it. Uh, and she had mentioned saying about how, you know, if students were – and I said I remember it, and then I only remember half of it. So that just goes to show you how bad my memory is. But she made some comment about students uh, using something to get out of stuff. And I was just going to say, you were absolutely right, Tina, on that one. So 
Uh, Tina Bojan, thank you so much for being here. And also, of course, let me shout out everybody uh, who was on the panel today. So Laura, uh, who went away earlier, thank you for, so much for being here. Mr. Roy, Rosetta, Tina, thank you all so much for your tremendous amount of support. They are my chosen of Valhalla, uh, and many of them have been on now for several months, and so it really does mean a lot, uh, all the time that y'all, y'all obviously spend on the channel. And of course... Uh, for your financial contributions to the channel as well. Uh, they are my $25 and up backers. And um, also, they're all here all the time, too. And as I always yep. mentioned, saying, you know, that the time is the mm-hmm. most precious thing that all of us have. And the fact that many of them, you know, spend so much time and attention in the chat, in the stream, especially, you know, Tina is one of my mods. And so everything she does is just always done with passion. And uh, so thank you all so much again for being here. Uh, and Rosetta says my 12th a year with Odin 12, 12 months as a, uh, supporter of the streams, technically 11, because you did two the one month, but uh, yes. it'll be within the year of the donations really soon. So nice. Yeah, I and I do appreciate it. And that, and uh, you know, for y'all and also of course for anyone else, uh, cause obviously I have a lot of different, uh, different levels, Patreon, subscribe star and my YouTube memberships too. Uh, so thank y'all so much. And I do want to shout out some people because uh, this did update earlier when I signed back into Streamlabs. Uh, Mr. Peabody has been a member for two months now. So thank you, Peabody. Uh, Father Christopher Miller has been a member for two months now. Thank you. Aiden Vickery, also two months. Forever Sci-Fi, two months. Jace Doe, two months. Uh, Kamikaze is now on three months in a row. ZK Man is on three months. Out of Step with Reality has been a member on the channel for three months. Alex McCarthy has been a member. Nitrium also members for three months. So I cannot believe it's been three months since memberships on the channel went live. Uh, so thank y'all so much for utilizing that. It does help out, even though of course YouTube takes their cuts. Uh, it does seriously help out. It keeps the lights on and helps us continue to keep on going. So thank y'all. And Alex McCarthy, of course, is going to post those emotes that for some reason don't move. Damn you, YouTube. <laughs> I keep yawning. It must mean you're boring. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that is going to be it for me today. JK Buck, thank you for being here. And also, shout out to everyone that's been in the chat today. We've been hovering between 40 and 60 people. So seriously, thank y'all so much. Uh, definitely one of the more uh, well-viewed streams on my Sunday. Again, Sundays are always hard days to stream anyway. So thank y'all so much for the support, for keeping the chat alive. I'm sorry if I missed any comments, but... As you all know, whenever I'm talking with people, I try and have my full attention, as much of it as I can, uh, on the people that are here. And so I try and catch up with the chat as best I can when I can. But anyway, y'all are freaking rock. Chosen. <laughs> Any last words you want to say before we sign off? Duck Fizney, Duck Fizney, Duck Fizney, Duck Fizney. Boom. <laughs> there it is. And soon we'll be able to wear a shirt that says the same thing. So thank y'all so much for being here. I hope you all have a wonderful Sunday, a blessed Sunday, a blessed week. uh, And hopefully we entertained and took your attention away from any chaos or craziness that's going on in your life. Uh, Jason Creed, thanks for subscribing. Romans Sikoffs, thank you for subscribing. You guys are all amazing people. People have a wonderful day. And let me shout out some people real quick in my video. And as always, God bless. As, uh, oh, messed that up. (laughs) <laughs> and now a huge shout out to my May Patreon and Subscribe Star members, Albertus Magnus, 
animation commentator Brian P, Dion, Divex, Enrique Evangelista, Father Christopher Miller, hail to you, Father, Frank the Tank and the Shawhan Weeder Dog Clan, Harold Francis, the Hunker, Chunker, Funker Monkey, Inflamed Wood, It's a Trap Productions, Jason Clark, Jeffrey Toon, Kenneth Cameo, Lady T, Laura Story, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mike Jackson, Mr. Peabody and his evil twin with the beautiful hair, Orange Hat Reviews, Outpost Dyer, Out of Step with Reality, Riff Magos, Rosetta Allen, Steve Glasker, Teresa Martin, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojan, The DJD Show, and Tina B. Thank you all for being my Patreon members, and a shout out to my Subscribestar peeps, John B, Perpetual Punster, Robert Revo, Mr. Roy, Glinzer, G2Cool99, Darkstar57, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., US888209 Fast, Dean Heiss, Harold Francis, J-Rod the Beer Guru, Nevadon G. Adams, and ZK. Amen. And a special shout out to David Bobrizic and Edgardo Martinez. I'm going to leave that pause there just in case anyone decides to join for the month of May because you can indeed join on Patreon or Subscribestar at any time this month to be eligible for any of the perks. They include access to an exclusive podcast that I do with John the Flick Pick of John Flickinger's fame. So make sure you go ahead and check that out at the $10 and up level. Also, if you uh, Subscribestar or Patreon at $5 or up, you have access to exclusive giveaways of 4K movies, digital films, and a bunch of other stuff in between as well. And if anything you could at least give anything that you really want to help support the channel and it would really help me out a lot keeps the lights on makes me able to continue to do this kind of stuff so anything you possibly give check out some more information in the description of the patreon subscribe star and of course youtube membership links as well you guys are all amazing and beautiful people have a wonderful day and as always god bless